0: The theme for the greatest American hero from 1981 Joey Scarberry is the one who did that He actually was a recording artist since 1969 At the age of 14 And his first song flopped really badly So he lost his recording contract And that was it for his career And he had a temporary revival With this song in 1981 And then he didn't really do anything after that But at least he had one hit Imagine getting... Signed to a record contract at the age of 14 You think you're on top of the world And then your record flops really badly And nobody wants anything to do with you And finally 12 years later at the age of 26 You get something done So that's his legacy Anyway, that was uh, I, I. My co-host Sisop is on right now Hello
1: Hello, can you hear me?
0: I can hear you, yes yeah. So I am Todd Dandruff-Watellis And I'm 44 years old So I remember when Greatest American Hero was first run, but I believe you were not even born yet in 1981. Is that correct?
1: That is correct.
0: Yeah, so you don't remember that for sure. Uh, you, you may have remembered uh, reference to the show later. Have you ever seen the show Greatest American Hero?
1: No, I have not.
0: Yeah, it's it's got it's kind of got like a cult following at this point. It it only lasted for uh, three seasons, and it was never really that high in the ratings. Part of it was because it. Uh, it wasn't promoted that well, and it was uh, preempted a lot, so it probably could have done better than it did. But for whatever reason, it's uh, beloved from people in my generation, and everybody remembers it as much more successful than it actually was. So you ask anybody in their forties, they will remember the show for sure and probably watched it at the time.
1: God, anyway, uh, yes, you sound tinny to me. I wonder if it's well. You just sound tinny. Me. You
0: sound tinny to me too. So. Let's okay. see with the chat room. The chat room can solve this. This is Poker Fraud Alert Radio, by the way. And uh, we're starting about three-plus hours late tonight because uh, about half an hour before the show started, I learned that uh, I would not be able to make it at 7.30. It was beyond my control. I, I wanted to do a normal 7.30 show. Well, kind of normal because it was Tuesday instead of Wednesday, but this had been the scheduled time for several days now, and then we had to... Wait three hours and cancel the free roll But at least we're doing it So FTP Jesus in chat says Druff sounds fine Sysop sounds tinny Aha so it's you It's You who yeah. is the, you are the tin man not me
1: I sound tinny eh
0: a, a little bit Like it's not awful But you you don't sound as crystal clear as I would hope Like on F- Skype you, Like how we're doing this on Skype Usually the person sounds like they're sitting right next to me But you F- sound like FTP you're FTP
1: Jesus says I sound mumbled Is that true?
0: You know, it sounds like you're you're in an airplane. You know that airplane kind of like in the background? It yeah, kind of sounds a, like I that.
1: A, I have a fan running. I'm going to
0: turn it off. Yeah. This is uh, producing the show during the show. Now, in SysOp's defense, he sent me a message on Skype before we started saying, do you want to do a sound check before we begin? And I said, no, we're late enough. I'm just going to start anyway. <laughs> do
1: I sound any better at all?
0: I still hear the Kind of like a weird feedback sort of thing. Not really feedback. It's hard to describe. It's like, it's very faint. It's not terrible. If it was terrible, I, I wouldn't be able to stand it. But uh,
1: it might—it might be just my computer fans.
0: It might be. Well, we'll just—we'll just go on with it. We'll All just right. uh, like it, if it were awful, I would solve it or have to hang up on you. But it's not terrible. It's just not as clear as it could be. So we'll just have to deal with you being tinny tonight, and that's the way it goes. So anyway, people, uh, the World Series of Poker for July is over. It's completely over for me and completely over for everybody except for nine people. And they will come back to play in November. But for everybody else it's over, including me, I did not cash in the main event. Once again, I I seem to either finish in the top 100 or not cash. So this year, unfortunately, it was not cash. In fact, every year it's been not cash except for 2010 when I finished 88th. So still chasing that uh, one year of success in the main event. We'll talk about that some when we get to it. The uh, reason for the overnight show, as I said, we could not do a show at uh, 7.30 as planned, so it was either cancel the show or do the show at uh, 10.30. And I'm, glad
1: that, I'm glad you decided to do it at 10.30. It's awesome. I love the overnight show. You like
0: the overnight show. You're getting tinier and tinier as this is going on, so I don't this know what the problem is here. This is not good. Yeah, so let me see if I can do anything about your sound levels. I, I don't know. Maybe that's. It probably has nothing to do with it, but.
1: I left everything the same as the last time I uh,
0: co-hosted, so... Okay, well, there's nothing... Unfortunately, on Skype, there is no tin selection. I, I can't select between, like, uh, uh, the tin man uh, to, or not the tin man. Like I, can, I, I have no tin bar I can drag back and forth here, so we just have to... We have to-
1: FTP Jesus is uh, saying I'm going to start sounding like the teacher from Charlie Brown in a minute. Yeah, you will. I
0: hope- you will. I'll say, uh, so sisop, what do you think of this? And you will say, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and then I'll have to translate for you. I'll say, well, he's saying that he fully agrees with me.
1: I hope that's not true.
0: Because because Charlie Brown could always understand the adults, and he would like repeat it back for the viewer. Because to us, it would just sound like, wah, 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 wah. And, that actually bothered me as a kid, by the way. I, I wanted to hear the adults. I understood the point that we're supposed to be paying attention to the kids and it's show it's a show about kids and it's it's kinda like showing that kids kind to kids that everything adults say just kind of sounds like that where they they don't really pay much attention to it, but <coughs> I don't well, know. Well like
1: like like you I do care about sound quality, so if, if they if it sounds like shit, then I'll just hang up.
0: Unfortunately, I, I have to say that it's, it's gotten worse, so it's, it'll be pretty brutal to do this for the whole few hours. So may, maybe uh, try to do like a Skype test call, and, and you can hear yourself the way you sound. And All uh, right, I'll do that. And, I'll call and you and back. Then call me back if you get it fixed. Okay. So I appreciate Sysop trying to co-host with me at this late hour, but we can't have the Tin Man as my co-host. It's just—it's just tough because. I know how it is when you listen to this show. The last thing you want to hear is, is bad sound quality. It's, it's very tilting. At least for me, it is. Like I, If I hear a, a radio show or a podcast with bad, bad sound quality, I just turn it off even if the content is good. So to me, sound quality is very important. Okay, in the meantime, let me give you the usual intro to the show, which will probably take its usual hour. No, I'll try to speed this up. Actually, will be fast tonight because there's no free roll. If you want to call into the show... The phone number, as usual, is 775 fraud 55 775-372-8355. You can also call the Mount Charleston line. Mount Charleston is a mountain near Las Vegas, about 45 minutes away by car. Nice and cool during the summer there. It's not 100 degrees like Vegas is. they not 110 degrees like Vegas is either. It's like in the 70s there. Mountain scenery, not even desert scenery, but I have a phone up at the top of the mountain there. That number is 702-430-1808. 702 430 1808. You have to show your caller ID no matter which number you call, or you won't get through. So we have 775 372 8355 and 702 430 1808. If you want to text me during the show, you can. That phone number is 775 372 8355. Yes, it's the same as the main number. You can text me before, after, or during the show. I will respond to your texts, and I will read your texts on the air unless you ask me at the beginning of the text not to do so. Brandon is not with us tonight. He could join later. He still is suffering from headaches. You can text him, though, anytime. Right now. I mean, you can do it. Even though he has a headache, you can do it anyway. The phone number is 203-299-2436. 203-299-2436. The Call to Listen line is an innovation with this show. That allows you to listen to the program. Uh Uh-oh, I just connected (laughs) connected on uh, the Tin Man here. Sisop, you there?
1: Yeah, I'm here. Drop, you sound sound really low.
0: I sound low? Everybody else uh, I sound fine. So Mm -hmm. I don't know what to say.
1: You sound better now.
0: Yeah, you you still sound like uh, it's kind of in the background with that in the background. I I don't know, last time you were on, it, it was good. This time, something's wrong.
2: All
1: right, I'm going to keep working on it. Keep keep working.
0: Okay, so (laughs) next time someone asks me to do a sound check, I'm going to do the sound check. The call to listen line, you can listen anywhere that you can dial a phone. You don't need a smartphone. You don't need the internet. You don't need a data plan. All you need is a phone, an old school phone, even your grandmother's phone from the 1950s. It'll work. Any phone that can dial, 712-775-8162. 712 775 one six two is the call to listen line. And when you call that number, you will hear the live show, if the live show's on. Or if the live show's not on, you will hear one of our past shows, which the computer randomly chooses to stream as if it's live. And it does that 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, except when we're live. If you want to listen to the streaming reruns elsewhere, you can just click on the radio tab and listen through there. Or you can get the TuneIn app and listen to the streaming reruns that way. The TuneIn app will also let you listen to whatever show in the past specifically that you want to choose in the archives. And the Stitcher app, another app you can get on your smartphone, you can use to listen to past shows as well. You just can't listen live through the Stitcher app. You can, of course, use iTunes to download the archives or just directly download the MP3 files through our server. Just go to the radio tab. Near the top of PokerFraudAlert.com The instructions will be there The call to listen line though I think it's great The call to listen line If you're listening live What's great about it is that You're never going to have buffering You're never going to have any issues If your internet connection isn't perfect It's just very easy And it doesn't ever have any trouble 712-775-8162. If you forget that number, just go to the radio tab. It's printed right there. If you forget any of the phone numbers that I just gave, go to the Flying Stupidity Forum on PokerFraudAlert.com and look for the radio thread entitled Official Druff and Drexel Show Thread for whatever the date is, and you'll see all those phone numbers up there. You can go in the chat room if you're listening live and chat with the other live listeners. That's the only time we have anyone in our chat room. But you can chat with the live listeners there. I typically don't read the chat room much during the show because it's just too much work. There's there's too many things I have to do at once, and if I spend time reading the chat room, then I will not be able to continuously talk on here, which is important because I'm the one hosting the show, especially when I don't have a co-host like right now because my only co-host has a tinny Skype. Let's see what the chat room says right now. See, we have a, a thing from... A guy calling himself Druff the Jew Jew God, but of course it's not me. It's uh, Quincy Beans from Canada. He says, headaches is a cute term for drug problems. I I don't think so. I don't think so. Brandon has had long-running problems with migraine headaches, and migraine headaches are not usually a symptom of drug abuse. Uh, People just get them, and they're very tough when you get them. Fortunately, I don't suffer from migraine headaches. I get tension headaches, which are very different. Uh, Tension headaches, I get a whole lot, but uh, I can usually make them go away through taking pills, and they're usually not terrible. Migraines tend to be terrible, so that's what Brandon's been suffering with, and in fact, he missed the second half of the World Series because of that. Let's see. One more shot to this up here. (laughs) I'm already hearing the background sounds, but go ahead. Talk. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, still not good. it's... It just sounds like you're in the background, it's kind of fuzzy, it's just, it's not, uh, it's not clear like it was last week.
1: Um, Alright, give me another shot.
0: Okay. <laughs> at some point we're going to have to give up here. We can't have this be fixed SysOps Skype radio. It's not something that's going to get the high ratings. It's, it's tough enough to get ratings at this time. I am a Greek is saying it's odd to take Ambien to stay awake. I, I don't know if he still takes Ambien a lot. I don't know. So, I can't say for sure what causes Brandon's migraines, but I, I don't think it's from, from drug abuse. He doesn't even uh, really take drugs, as far as I know. He has in the past, but it, I, I don't believe he does that now. I I think it's not related to that, I can't say for sure I'm not watching Brandon 24-7 But I, I believe these are just things he's getting beyond his control Whatever it is, I hope he gets better So, here's the agenda tonight I want to tell you what the schedule of the upcoming shows is going to be And some of you are not going to be happy Because uh, tonight was... A late show, and we don't have any free roll because it's late. And the reason I don't do a free roll when we start late is just because there's not enough people for the free roll. So I, I want it to be enough of a field to where it's competitive for the money. Like I, I, I don't want to have 12 people in the free roll. It's just that just seems lame to me. That's why I cancel it when the show is either really late or unscheduled. But let me tell you the schedule for the radio coming up for the next month, for the remainder of July and August. Of course, tonight we're starting at uh, 10.30 p.m. on Tuesday, which usually we have the show on Wednesday. Next week, you won't have to worry about that happening because there's no show. Next week, it's canceled. I just can't do it. The following week, there will be a show, but once again, it's going to be an overnight show. Once again, I cannot do it during the 7.30 hour or any. We're near there, nor can I switch it to a different day. So we're going to do it on the normal day, the normal Wednesday, August 3rd, but the time is going to be 11 p.m. It's going to be an overnight show starting at 11 p.m. Again, no free roll. So when's the next free roll? The next free roll is going to be on August 10th. Yes, it's it's a while away, but that'll be our next free roll, August 10th, because that'll be our first show that should be on schedule at 7.30 p.m on Wednesday, August 10th. We will have, then, shows as scheduled for the next three weeks, August 17th, August 24th, August 31st. So all of August should be normal, except for the 3rd. And August 3rd, that'll be an overnight show again at 11 p.m. on Wednesday. Next week, July 27th, show will be canceled. There'll be no show next week, unless uh, Brandon gets better, wants to do one himself, or unless uh, Beer and Poker wants to volunteer to do a show. But it will not be me. I will not be doing a show. I just... Uh, Will not have the availability to do it next week So this will be the last show for July At least for me So I hope it's a good one Let's see here So here's the Agenda for tonight Past the little announcement about the upcoming shows A Poker Fraud Alert exclusive Alan Kessler asked me to investigate this So I did Alan Kessler said, "You know Jared Blesnick. He he got kicked out of the World Series, and and uh, he somehow got back in two days later. Uh, can you look into that for me?" So I said, "Okay, Mr. Kessler, I will look into this for you." He he went up to me like he looked very agitated in the hallway. Like he saw me in the hallway, it looked like he wanted to say something to me. He's like, "Hey, hey! Uh, so any poker fraud these days?" I said, "There's always poker fraud." He said, "Okay, well," I said. Do you have anything? Uh, like he, he, was, he looked like he really wanted to say something to me. So I, I got it out of him. Like he came up to me. He was just saying weird stuff to me like any poker fraud these days. And I, I knew he wanted to say something. So I, I got it out of him. He wanted me to look into the Jared Blesnick thing. So Jared Blesnick was indeed banned for life in the World Series. And I found out what happened. He did get unbanned days later thanks to the influence Of a famous, a very famous poker pro Yes You will not see this reported anywhere else on the web But I will tell you that I do not have it with certainty But with a high likelihood that my story is accurate So I will tell you who that poker pro is That got Jared Blesnick unbanned so quickly Changed a ban for life to a no ban And just a warning, it's a pretty big change Last chance here for Sysop. Let's see if your sound's any better.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Hmm, this is marginal, but I'm still hearing this. What are you
1: What are you hearing?
0: I'm hearing like a background, like yeah, sh- like
1: something in the background.
0: No, it's kind of like a. It's hard to describe. It's 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 almost like static in a way, like sh- Hmm. The best way I could describe it is, like, you know when you listen to an airplane announcement when the pilot comes on and says, all right, hello, we're we're, uh, we're flying over the Grand Canyon right now at 37,000 feet, and you hear, like, kind of in the background? That's kind of what it sounds like.
1: Grenada Rogers says I sound better than before. I switched mics. It's a dynamic mic, which is not ideal for a podcast, but, I mean.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you got some kind of. Feedback or some kind of interference going on. It's just not a clear connection. That's the problem. So, all right. Well. So if you get if you get it completely, uh, see, I, I can't leave it on here. It's not just when you talk. I hear it like this the whole time. So uh, I appreciate you wanting to host this. If, if you can get this thing gone in the background, then you can call back. But obviously, we can't do this all night with the checking of this. So, uh, but I thank you for volunteering. And if you can somehow get this working in some way, then uh, let me know. Yeah, see, that's, at the end, of like, like I, I can't hear that. that. That'll drive the listeners crazy. It really will. Okay. I guess I'm just solo tonight. That's disappointing. Anyway, so you'll find out who that poker pro is and what the circumstances were, how Jared Blesnick got unbanned so quickly. The World Series of Poker main event had a number of, Name players that were making it deep, and I started to get worried because there were some people I did not want to see make it deep because I don't like them, either things they've done or I don't like their personalities. Just people I did not want to see succeed in the main event, and it wasn't out of jealousy. Like there were there were people in it who I wanted to see succeed. There were people who I didn't really care either way, and there were people I didn't want to see succeed. So I guess I kind of got my wish because. Uh, none of the people I was rooting against made it to the November 9 or anywhere close to it. So I'll tell you about uh, who could have made it and who did make it. A player named Kyle Boker, who actually has a lot of success in the tournament trail, did something that people cannot figure out why he would have done it. Kyle Boker folded quads, quad sevens, In the main event. Quad sevens were the only thing that could be beating him. Would be queen ten of spades for a royal flush. That's it. He had the second nuts. Folded quad sevens. So we'll discuss that and whether there is any possible reason why he should have folded there. On day, I think it was day three of the main event. No, it was day two, wasn't it? It was day two. A guy was ejected from the World Series of Poker Little One for One Drop event, the 1,111 buy-in one drop event. He was ejected for crazy behavior during the event, but amazingly got a refund. We'll talk about what happened there. Have you ever wondered what would happen if one of the people playing in a poker tournament with you were to die between... Days 1 and 2, or days 2 and 3, or whatever. What if a poker player died before coming back? Well, it happened. A 26-year-old poker player died unexpectedly overnight while still in the WPT 500 event at the beginning of July. We'll talk about what happened there, what they ended up doing with his stack, and some suspicions that he may have been murdered. Speaking of somebody we know from poker who might be dead, Matt Marafiotti. We last talked about him here when we played a crazy ranting YouTube video of his where he talked about photo will and uh, other crazy characters that he claimed were after him and were looking to kill him he was even saying his parents were after him in a way that his parents were conspiring against him some people criticized us for the segment I remember I did the segment with daredevil I remember we got some criticism that we were taking advantage of a mentally ill person and I said, "Look, he put up a he put up a YouTube video like this, and we were just making some humor out of it. But uh, he had done a lot of outrageous things over time in the poker world. We felt he was uh, we felt that making a few jokes about his YouTube video were not a big deal. Well, it may not be a laughing matter anymore because Matt Marafiati has been missing for over a month. No one has seen him or heard from him, including his family. He may be dead." But he also may be just hiding from everyone. I will explain what I think is going on and give my thoughts about Matt Marafiati. There is a class action lawsuit against Full Tilt and against Howard Lederer and Chris Ferguson for the debacle in 2011 where they were found to have stolen all the money we had on deposit. There is a laughable conclusion to it. A conclusion ...that when you hear the way the class action suit ended... ...which was actually about six months ago... ...but we're only hearing about it now... ...your reaction will probably be... (laughs) ...but I will tell you what that laughable conclusion is... ...when we get to that segment. Ray Bittar... ...also part of the Full Tilt Poker Board... ...he received yet another slap on the wrist... ...this time from the country of Ireland... So he's suffering yet another consequence that doesn't really matter very much. I'll tell you what that is. New Jersey Online Poker will be getting an addition to their player pool. They're sharing a player pool, not with Delaware, not with Nevada, not even with Pennsylvania, which is trying to get Online Poker going. Nope. They're going to be sharing a player pool with... The U.K.? Yeah Soon there will be a poker room Where you can only play on it If you're either in the U.K. or in New Jersey So we'll talk about that plan Poker News has lost another well-liked reporter Not lost as in death But lost as in left Uh, Chad Holloway already left last year Or earlier this year I forgot exactly when Exactly when Uh, Donnie Peter's now leaving And Just give you a little bit Of my feelings about that Uh, I'm getting a message from Sysop that this is on my end So this is the way I solve it This is the way I'm going to solve it Everyone's saying I sound fine But of course it could just be my Skype Because when you're hearing me sound okay That's not through Skype That's directly through my microphone So what I'm going to do here Is that uh, I'm going to make a phone call Let's see we're going to call the Rio. Why not? Let's call the Rio. And if the Rio sounds good, then we will know it is not on my end.
3: Thank you for calling the Rio yeah, all Suite Hotel fine. and Casino. For room reservations, please press 1. For restaurant reservations, sounds good please to me. press 2. For the box office, please press 3. For all other inquiries, please remain on the line, and you will be connected to the hotel operator. Transferring to an attendant. One moment, please. Thank you for calling Rio All Suites Las Vegas. Your call may be recorded for quality assurance. Sounds
0: clear as a bell.
1: Thank you for calling the Rio
3: Las Vegas. This is How
0: may I assist you, please? Uh, hello. Can I'm Nigel faber here? I'm trying to um fig- I
3: can barely hear you.
0: Uh, uh, hello. Can you, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Uh, I can hear you, but
3: it's hard to understand you, sir. Are you Uh, on a speakerphone?
0: No, no, no. I'm not on a speakerphone. I don't know what the problem is here. Let me... I'm going to try to solve this, Matt. This is weird. So I could hear her, but they could not hear me well. And I'm looking, and I'm seeing that uh, on Skype, it's showing, indeed, that my microphone's not coming through very well. Hmm. So maybe it is my Skype. But that's weird. I could hear her well, but she couldn't hear me well. That's so strange. Let me see this here. Let me see this here. Yeah, this is so weird.
4: Okay, Matt the Rack, can you hear me? Okay. Hello. Yeah, Matt the Rack, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, that's why I was calling to test. Uh, hello, test one two three.
0: Yeah, you sound good. So, you, but what about you me? Sound
4: kind of a little far away. Yeah.
0: See, there's there's some kind of problem with. Uh, uh, it, what's funny is it's on. What's on my end is my microphone doesn't sound good.
4: No, it's it. Well, it's clear, but it sounds like you're kind of far away and echoey. Can can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you okay. So okay, I'm I'm gonna work on this here.
0: Okay, thank you, thank you, Matt. This is weird. So we have one guy who I'm just gonna close Skype and start it over. Maybe it is my Skype. Because I, I could hear the Rio and I could hear Matt well, but then they can't hear me well. Now, you guys can hear me well on the radio because I'm not broadcasting through Skype to you guys. I'm broadcasting directly from my microphone into the server. So that's why I sound okay to you. And I can see my levels are okay. But on Skype, I could see that my microphone levels on Skype were not good. That's really weird. It's really odd. Okay, let's try this here. Ah, uh, well, Let me see. I think we're better now. I think this might be better. We're going to try Sysop one more time. I really apologize, everybody, for these sound quality issues. Okay, uh, let's let's see if we're any better here. So, uh, Sysop, hello.
1: Hello. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, it, I, it, it's, it's considerably better. I sound better?
1: You sound way better.
0: Okay. Yeah, there was something that was uh, going on there with Skype. I, I restarted it. I changed something in the sound settings, and... Uh, So hmm.
1: how do I, how do I sound good in chat people?
0: Yeah, you you sound pretty good. There's a little background noise, but it's, it's bearable. So it's much, much better. So we're going to continue with this. Okay. So let's, let's uh, talk about the first topic here. The Jared Blesnick thing. Uh, I, I've always thought that there was not thought, but I know that there is a lot of favoritism at the world series for the big name players, the, Really big name players The household name type players The Phil Ivey types Phil Hellmuth uh, Doyle Brunson He doesn't really play much anymore But anyone who's a really, really big name in poker Daniel Negreanu Anyone who is known to just about every poker fan Gets big time favoritism at the World Series And they get the benefit of the doubt in rulings They get to do things other people won't do They get uh, forgiveness when they break rules uh, I, I remember, for example, there was one uh, final table and Mike Matisau was just allowed to just run up to players during the final table and talk to them, like in between the hands. hands. Like he just gets to run on the floor and talk to people at the final table. Like if I tried to just run down the floor, they, they'd grab me and say, what the hell do you think you're doing? They'd kick me out if I tried to do that crap. They'd probably give me one warning and if I did it again, they'd kick me. Mike Mattisau just did whenever he felt like it. Uh, so if you're a very well-known Big name player Then you have Big advantages of the World Series I told you guys about two years ago that I played The end of day one of a Limit Hold'em event with Phil Ivey And when the day one ended He just stood up and walked off He didn't bag his chips And the floor man went and quietly bagged his chips And closed it up And Phil didn't even say like hey buddy can you bag my chips for me He just stood up and walked away And I know this because he was at my table So he was like too good to go through the bagging process. If you're Phil Ivey, you just leave, and the floor man is uh, he's your servant, and he bags your chips for you. Now, if, if I tried to leave and say, hey, floor man, go bag my chips, or if I just walked away, they'd probably give me a penalty the next day when I come back, saying, hey, we had to bag your chips. You can't just walk off like this. Here's a, here's a two-round penalty, whatever. So definitely big-time favoritism for these players. It's annoying. This shouldn't happen. It's, it's something that should not be happening. A tournament's supposed to put everybody on equal footing, And it's not fair that certain players get to have these extra little perks just because of having a big name in poker. But that's the way it is. So, Jared Blesnick is not a huge name. People know who he is, but he's not a major, major name in poker. So, he's not the type who's going to get the favoritism I'm discussing. I don't have much of an opinion of Jared Blesnick. I've heard that he's been kind of a jerk on the tournament trail. He's known to have blow ups. He has a bad temper. He's known to be immature. I played with him briefly at the 10K limit hold'em event, and I, ha- I had a, a good moment against him, and then a lot of bad ones. Not personally, he wasn't a jerk to me. Like you know, personally, he acted okay. But uh, he got moved to my limit hold'em 10K event table. I was doing fairly well already, and then a big hand went down where I had Queen Ten of Spades. He had Ace King with the King of Spades, and the flop came Ace high all Spades. So we put a lot of action in, no more spades fell, and I won a very big pot. Brock Parker was in there too, and he you know he folded the flop, but got a lot into pre-flop with him too. So that put me to the chip lead there. And then I shot it all off. And part of the way I shot it all off was because this hand put Jared Blesnick on tilt, and then he started just playing crazy, and I started having to call him down. And I just made all the wrong moves with calling him down. And when I say wrong moves, I don't necessarily mean, like, wrong in theory. But just when I felt that he was bluffing and called him down, either he wasn't bluffing or he got there at the end uh, with some crazy hand. That he was banging the whole way and then, you know, made some pair and beat me. Uh, and then the times I folded against him, he didn't have it. And I know this because, like, I'd fold in a three-way hand and someone else who had worse than me called him down and beat him. So I just was making all the wrong moves against him and then, Then he busted because he was pretty much Shooting off all his chips And then after that I was just losing every single hand In cooler situations Where I'm just flopping good and losing every time So No blame to Jared there I mean yeah he kind of tilted but that's his right to do (laughs) As the player he can play however he wants Uh, So I have no problem with him personally I don't really know him very well In fact I don't really know him at all Other than that one uh, experience at the table With him this year But I've heard bad things about his Table behavior and I could kind of see it When he was with me at that 10k event I could kind of see That he Could get that way because when he lost That hand against me he was already very agitated He didn't say anything nasty to me but You could see he was very agitated So He was banned For life and we discussed this on a previous show For Crumpling cards Uh, It was the 1500 deuce to 7 Event the World Series and uh, he had one final thousand dollar chip to put in and they'd already made the money at this point so a thousand in chips was very little at that point so when he called the final bet he started yelling at floor floor come over do my payout come on floor get the fuck over here do my payout so he's already getting like nasty for no reason just because he's about to be out of the tournament he's cashing but he's about to be out of the tournament but he had a uh, a better four cards up, and then the final card that was dealt to him uh, ended up losing. You know, ended up being a hand that uh, it ruined his hand. So the the ten low ended up beating him, and he was uh, drawing to make an eight low. So his draw didn't get there. So first he crumpled up that last card that didn't make the draw, and then he crumpled up each of the other four cards and spiked them down on the table. So they, uh, they escorted him to the payout desk And then they had a discussion with him And I, I presume Jack Eiffel met with him I don't know that for sure But basically they, uh, whoever had the power to ban him Presumably Jack Eiffel, the tournament director Banned him for life from the World Series I don't know if he was banned from Caesar's properties completely But I know he was banned from the World Series for life Not just this year, for life Because I, I, I don't know if they've had problems with him before but whatever it was, they were really angry about not just crumpling one card, but crumpling every card in his hand and spiking them down on the table, and also calling you, know, "Hey, Floor, get the fuck over here and pay me." Stuff. Like they just didn't like the whole scene, and I can understand that. You know, I I have no sympathy for people who act like that and get banned. I've never acted like that once, and I I've had some really frustrating moments at the World Series, but I've never done anything like that. I. I remember one of my most frustrating moments Was in 2007 I was one card away From making a televised final table At a no limit event At uh, the 1k no limit with rebuys 10 people left And uh, got it all in With queens against ace-king Safe flop, safe turn Ace on the river And I was against a stack That was almost identical to mine To where if he had lost to me Then he would have had so few chips That it's just about impossible He would have come back So I would have made the final table. I would have gotten a fifteen thousand dollars sponsorship from Full Tilt to wear their hat. This is way before they were seen to be shady, by the way. And I would have had uh, a shot at uh, some good money there. Instead, I cashed for twenty-three thousand, which sounds decent. But you know the the guy who who doubled up against me and knocked me out, he finished uh, third for two hundred thirty thousand. So that could have been me. I could have won it. You know who knew? So I was very frustrated. And I was so frustrated. I took my hat off and threw it on the ground. And then I picked it up and I just walked out of the room. But I, you I threw your hat on the ground. I threw my hat on the ground. Yeah, I was very frustrated. I thought I, because I thought poker I had it. Fraud hat? No, there's no poker fraud alert. Then this is an 07.
1: Oh, okay. I'm yeah.
0: sorry. Yeah, it was an everyone poker hat. But I, I was really frustrated. I thought I'm making a televised final table at a no-limit event, and uh, and you know, I'm one card away. And the river brings that ace So I, uh, I threw my hat down on the floor And then picked it up And walked out of the room And just walked around for about 10 minutes And then then went over to collect my money But I, I didn't crumple cards I didn't scream obscenities You know, I, I, I didn't do that I, I had frustration But I, I dealt with it internally you, you can't crumple cards I've never once destroyed a card In my life playing poker, never So you do things like this And you get banned, too bad we're all adults here You shouldn't be doing stuff like that So anyway Jared Blesnick got banned for life And then unbanned Two days later People found him in an event Two days later And they're like What the hell He just got banned for life How is life two days So no one knew Alan Kessler He, uh, he wanted me to find out I don't know why this Mattered that much to him But he was Very agitated about this And wanted me to find out So I did I found out I investigated well I didn't really investigate uh, Someone came to me <laughs> with with the answer uh, th- This is what happened I, I talked about it on the show before And someone sent me The following uh, Message I'm not going to say who they are But I know them And I will say they're a fairly reliable source When I say fairly I mean there's no chance They made this up just to screw with me And they usually have Accurate information So I can't tell you who they found it out from, but everything adds up properly to me. I'd be very surprised if this is inaccurate. This is what they messaged me. Jared Blesnick was allowed back in the World Series of Poker because Phil Helmuth went to Jack Effel and talked him into reversing the decision. Yes, Phil Helmuth is the one. Phil Helmuth got Jared Blesnick unbanned. So I guess the two of them are friends. This is what he wrote. Uh, Phil and Jared are friends, and he was able to use his big name and influence in the game to get Ethel to reverse Blesnick's ban within two days. Funny how you were just talking about the favoritism on radio last night and how the big stars get special treatment. That's exactly what happened here, though Jared had to get his special treatment by way of a big star, referring to Helmuth. That's what the guy wrote to me. As I said, this wasn't some random. This is someone that I believe. And he told me some other details when we discussed it back and forth that I won't read. But uh, I I can tell you I believe it. Not 100% sure, but I believe it. And you should believe it. So Phil Helmuth got Jared Blesnick back in the World Series. Now, do I really care? Not that much. Like, I'm not outraged by this. Uh, What Blesnick did was obnoxious and shouldn't be done. But, like, I'm not going to go, oh, my God, he's ripped, you know, he crumpled cards, he shouldn't be playing again. No, you know, with with all the scumbags that are playing the World Series, someone who crumples cards, uh, it's inappropriate, but I'm not horrified to see these backs. I I don't really care either way. Like, if I heard Blesnick was banned for life over this, I wouldn't say it's an injustice. And if I heard that he was forgiven, I would say, okay, you know, uh, that's their choice. I'm not outraged by it, but it does kind of bother me that Phil Helmuth has this power. That he can just get people back in after being banned for life. It's not even like it's a compromise, like where he's banned the rest of the World Series but can come back next year. But no, it, it goes from banned for life to not banned at all anymore. All thanks to helmet. Otherwise, uh, Jared pretty much had no chance to get back. Sissop, uh, what's your opinion on this?
1: Uh, I think I think you're right. I think he knows somebody uh, up deep inside there and
0: well we we know it was helmet It's such to think that's what it was
1: yeah well yeah i agree that the banning probably should have uh stayed in place
0: or at least if it wasn't if it should have been like jack effels own decision like okay maybe i was too harsh i'm going to let him like if that was the decision i'd be totally cool with it because as i said this it's something dumb that was done here but at, at the same time like i can understand rescinding the ban from that because it's not a horrible thing to do but because Helmuth got it done it just doesn't sit well with me because it's like if you're a big name player or you're friends with the big name player then you can get away with things that other people can't and
1: so let, since last show you figured out that it was Helmuth that got this guy on yes band?
0: yes because someone contacted me and gave me that info
1: okay
0: yeah and it seems pretty reliable from Conversations I've had with that person, and uh, and also just my interaction with them in the past. It's just a, it's, it's not just some random troll sending this to me. So All I right. I really believe it to be true. I believe it really was Phil Helmuth. In fact, the the person told me, and then they were a little concerned, like mm, maybe you shouldn't say this on radio. I'm like, come on, I got to say this. Like, like okay, you make sure you don't say who I am. I mean, no, 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 I'm not going to say anything. Don't worry. So, uh, not going to give any clues as to who it is. You
1: yeah, friends in high places, you know.
0: Yeah, well, a lot of people listen to this show, so someone came forward who knew the story, basically, is what happened. So uh, now we have an interesting take on this from Suicide King, who posted in the thread, who I also posted on the forum about this. He said, not as bad as Antonio pissing in a bottle at the table. Anyone else <laughs> would, would probably get banned and probably a sex crime, but he gets a laugh. Now, that wasn't at the World Series. I think that was at an EPT event or something, yeah. Uh,
1: Either way, that's disgusting. It is
0: disgusting. Like that—that's very inappropriate. Also, that should also get a ban. To be honest, like uh, uh, was it,
1: he? Did he have a bet and who as who could sit there longer? Or?
0: Yeah, it was something about that. Where something where he couldn't uh, get up from the table. So I forgot what it was, but there's some detail where that was his only option was to piss in the bottle. Jesus or, or Christ! Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that being, again, if you're a huge name, you get away with things like this. Again, if I pissed in the bottle of the table and people saw this and were grossed out, they'd kick me out. They wouldn't allow me to do that. I couldn't go, oh, it's a prop bet. They wouldn't care. They'd kick me oh, out.
1: They, they'd kick you out. And yeah. It.
0: And it's not even like against me. Like, it's not like they hate me. If They do it to any of us. When I say me, I just me or any of you listening to this would get kicked for this. I, I don't think anybody listening to this show has the special privileges that the big-name players do. And it, it bothers me that the, Not only do they have special privileges But they, their friends get special privileges So It sucks, it shouldn't happen It should just be, sorry, that's the way it is Or At least if this ban's going to be reversed It should just be that The World Series decides on its own Not because Phil Hellmuth says it's important to him you know, I guess they got to keep Helmuth happy. I guess the World Series is afraid if Helmuth gets mad, what if he says he's not going to play anymore? But like, could you see Phil Helmuth quitting the World Series because Jared Blesnick is banned? No. No, never. Like, Phil's ego is so big, he wants to keep winning those bracelets. He wants to go down in history as the greatest World Series of poker player ever. He's not going to quit now. He's not going to quit till he's physically unable to play.
1: Bronson style.
0: Yeah. It, 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 that's what he's going to do. So uh, he's never going to quit over something like this. You don't have to kiss his ass. Like, you, you, you can do whatever you want. Phil's never going to quit. Phil's going to keep coming back. He's he's addicted to the World Series. This is very important to Phil Helmuth. I mean, he, he's not playing it for the money. He doesn't really need the money. He has a whole lot of money.
5: But... He
1: recently just started winning uh, bracelets and non-hold'em events. Is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it was all in hold'em for for the most part. But, yeah, he but... You think Phil's going to stop and let other people pass him? There's no way. No way. This is uh, this is Phil's like lifetime achievement. This is what he wants uh, to be remembered for. He's not going to quit and become the the second or third winningest bracelet you know, bracelet winner at the World Series. He wants to keep it going. So you, I, I don't understand why they have to kiss his ass. They don't have to do anything to keep him there. He's he's going to keep himself there no matter what.
1: Yeah, he's coming in as a fucking king Caesar or whatever he did. He- the whole, the whole shebang there.
0: And, and someone posted also in the same thread, and this isn't about Helmuth, but also about favoritism for big-name players. Phil Ivey was gone for most of the World Series, and he came in towards the end. So someone posted a video, Poker News posted a video of Phil Ivey walking to the table, and Jack Eiffel is following him. And this is from Joe D., who posted it on Poker Fraudler. He said, If you look closely, I'm pretty sure that you can see Jack Eiffel's boner. <laughs> and it's true like you, like if you watch the video Phil Ivey is walking there and Ethel has like an ear to ear grin here I'm going to play the video you yeah you hear the laughing <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ethel just looks so happy with himself that Phil Ivey is coming to sit down there like uh He's just like so thrilled that Phil Ivey is coming into play. And I understand that to some degree that they want players like this to participate in the World Series because that's what the fans want to see, and that's what makes the event look more successful, even if these players don't even win as long as they're there. But uh, unfortunately, this also means a lot of ass-kissing to these guys, and I wish it didn't of course, happen. Of course, of course. I wish it didn't happen. So, okay, let's let's move on here to the next topic. They're talking in the chat about uh, the same uh, favoritism in the NBA. T-Buck writes, uh, Big white, goofy NBA player goes to the rim and gets mauled, no whistle. Michael Jordan gets heavily breathed on and he's shooting two free throws. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs>
0: I mean, it's true, it happens in basketball, too. There's no question about that. There's a lot, it, The World Series of Poker is not the only place where there's favoritism for the big stars.
1: Basketball is the most rigged sport there is.
0: Well, yeah, there's a lot of favoritism there. So, so at the main event, uh, I went out on the second day. I, if you remember, I did the last show. I came in with a disappointing stack, a 30k stack into the second day. We started with 50. I just basically won no hands. I just every hand I played, I didn't win, and and I was gone. So, I, I had a flush draw on the final hand against top pair, didn't get there. In fact, I had a flush draw and I had a pair, so I had two ways to get there. Now. Uh, I was against top pair, so I had to make a two-pair of Trips, but instead, Trips was made for the, the other guy, who didn't even need it, and no flush. So, that's what happened. Nothing that exciting. I didn't last very long. I was probably there for about two and a half hours or so. Not even two and a half. I think right around two hours. I think it busted just before the first break, but I didn't get anywhere. In fact, I never had more than 65K for my starting 50, so I can't even say like I was... I was balling at one point and then fell apart I, I just never had chips I, I wasn't short stacked until near the end of the first day But I, I never could get anything going I'd Win a pot, lose a pot, win a pot, lose a pot So uh, Let me talk about the people who did do well At the World Series And how I was a little bit concerned That some people I did not like Might make it very deep And when I mean very deep, I mean either to the final table or very close to the final table. And I I just don't like to see that. I just don't like to see certain people that I feel don't deserve to win are winning. Even if they're good players, I just, like, morally don't deserve to win. So, here are some people. Let me get to my post about this. Um... I should have had this ready. Um, <laughs> I could have sworn it was in this thread. Yeah, I should I should have had this up. It's always producing the show during the show. Let's see. At one one more page here. I may have to look for a different thread. There's probably like a few main event threads on here. No, it must be a different thread. Okay, one second here. Uh, one second, people. I'm sorry about this little delay here. Where's the thread? Here we are. I think I found it. Okay, here we are. So here are some people that were uh, doing well in the main event. Here's a list of them. I'm going to tell you which ones that uh, I wanted to see do well and the ones I did not want to see do well of this list. And there's, there's others who are doing well, but I'm not going to list them because these are people I'm kind of neutral on. But I'm going to list you people that I either wanted to win or wanted to lose. Daniel Coleman, Melanie Wisner, Jared Blesnick, Vladimir Geshkin Bain, Sorel Missy, McCool Pahuja, Johnny Chan, Jason Strasser, Dan High Miller, Brandon Adams, Sean Berrios. All of these people I had an opinion on whether I wanted them to go far or go out very quickly in the main event, and all these people were doing well at one point. This was uh I think on day five or six. I think it was day five at this point. These people were still in. Daniel Coleman, I wanted to see lose because he is a hypocritical social justice warrior. And, and the thing that bothered me the most was his stupid speech after he won that uh, million dollar one drop event for all that money.
1: Yeah, I remember that.
0: That stupid speech that uh, he doesn't want to promote poker because poker is a damaging game. Poker harms people who can't afford to lose money. That play it anyway and lose too much money they can't afford. Blah, 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 blah. Poker's bad. Poker's evil. I don't want to promote it. Blah, 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 blah. But wait a minute. Daniel, if you feel that way, why are you playing poker for a living? Because you're beating these people. This is how you're making your money. This is how you're making your living is beating these people. Yeah, you're beating some other pros too, but you're mainly making money from these people, either directly or indirectly. You're either beating these people directly, which you are sometimes, including that one-drop event you won, or... You're beating these people indirectly, where other poker pros are beating them, and you're beating the poker pros. So bottom line is you are winning money that came from the fish who you feel can't afford to lose it. So if this is a bad thing, you shouldn't be doing it. But Daniel Coleman, he's in the school of thought of do as I say, not as I do. So he, he wants to beat these people. He wants to play and exploit these fish, but... He doesn't want more fish coming in because it's bad for them. The ones that are there already, he's happy to beat and take their money. But he wants to show you that he cares about them. He doesn't want to encourage more fish to start playing. But he's going to beat the ones that are there. It doesn't make any sense.
1: Oh, we got a hater in the chat room. Larry Laffer says you hate anyone that wins.
0: No, I don't. You'll see. You'll see Larry Laffer when I get down this list. There's some people I was happy to see do well. Uh None of them ended up doing, you know, getting all that far past uh, that point. But I wanted them to. You'll see. It's not. Uh, I'm not just hating those who won. But Daniel Coleman, you, like, you can't make that speech. You can't say I'm above poker. I, I think uh, poker is a bad game. I, I'm, I'm too moral uh, to want to promote it. But oh, I'm going to keep playing it though. No, if, if you're that against it, quit playing. But he's not going to quit playing. He he wants the money. So if you're okay with playing poker and beating people who are not as good as you, who are not as skilled as you, who may not realize that they're not as skilled as, as they think they are, if you have no problem doing that, then shut up and play. But exactly. Don't, but don't don't play and, and and say that it's it's so terrible. If it's so terrible, don't do it. And I'm not even saying I agree with his his speech, but I'm saying if he feels this way, he's got to stick behind it. He can't uh, he can't say poker so awful. Oh, but I'm going to keep playing it for high stakes and and win all kinds of money doing so and and beat the fish that I'm saying that I'm trying to protect. It doesn't make any sense. So, uh, and he's done other things. He he wore these these obnoxious shirts of Free Palestine at a final table to get that on TV. I hate when people use televised poker tournaments to get political messages out. I don't care what side of the political message is. I don't care if it's a side I agree with the a side I don't agree with. It's just stupid. It's uh, it's something it's something that has no place. And then they got mad when poker stars didn't want them wearing those shirts and like they, they felt like they were uh, being persecuted in some way. It's so stupid. Like, they, this, this is someone who I think is uh, insufferable. This is someone I think is a hypocrite. This is someone who I think believes that he's very uh, deep-thoughted and enlightened when in reality he's just an immature kid that uh, doesn't really understand life yet.
1: Right. They want to claim s- uh, free speech, right? But it's also the uh, tournament. You know, prerogative to nip that in the butt if Yeah, they want, right? yeah.
0: You don't. You, you don't get to go to somebody else's tournament. They're running and, and dictate the rules of what you can wear and what's going to be exactly. on TV. That's, that's not your right to do. You uh, exactly. You you can walk around uh, on the, on the sidewalk wearing a shirt, uh, stating uh, some kind of political view. You have a right to do that. But uh, on a a tournament that's being televised, they have a right to tell you what you can wear and what you can't wear. If you don't exactly. like it, then don't play the tournament. So. I didn't want him to win, Melanie Weisner. And the problem is, he was he was uh, way up there in chips. He was the chip leader at one point. a second chip leader, third chip leader. I was afraid he's going to get real deep. Melanie Weisner. I once got along with her years ago, but uh, I later found that she was kind of shady. And uh, the worst thing she did was she promoted Lock Poker long, long, long after knowing it was a scam. In fact, three years ago we had a discussion. We had a discussion about Locke, and I said, uh, "She said, you know, please, you know, you're someone I respect. Please don't say these bad things about me. I'm just trying to uh, make things better.'" I said, "If you want to make things better, leave Locke and, and tell everyone why you're leaving." No, 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 I can't do that. If I do that, no one's going to get paid. The only chance of everyone getting anyone getting paid is to try to, uh, you know, work with them, and, and we're like the voice for the players. And I said, you know, I've heard this before from Joe Seabock with with UB. Like that that excuse doesn't fly with me." She said, "Look, can you just give it three weeks? Just give it three weeks." I forgot it was three or six weeks, some kind of number of weeks that wasn't that many. And 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 if there's no improvement by then in the payout situation on lock, uh me and, and these other pros that I'm working with about this, we're all gonna leave together. Well, those weeks passed and she didn't leave. She waited a very long time to leave. Would she respond to me after that? Of course not. So she kept promoting Lock Poker long after knowing it was a scam, long after knowing that they were not paying out. And It also came out that she was taking advantage of the situation because she was getting priority cash outs in in exchange for continuing to promote it. So she was buying up people's lock money for 75 cents on the dollar. So she's making 25 cents on the dollar off of people who can't cash out because she was getting priority cash outs. So not only is she promoting the site – but was it proven that she was getting priority yes. cash outs? Yes, she she, she was messaging people, that, hey, I have priority cash outs, you know, I can okay. buy yours for 75 cents, yeah. All so right. she acted like she was helping. She's like, hey, they can't get their money off, I'm trying to help them. Well, if you want to help them, do 100%. Like, a, it, I would feel bad if I had been promoting a scam site and people had their money stuck on there. If I could do anything to help people get their money off, I would, and I wouldn't be making commission off of it. I would be thrilled to help people get their money. I would say, sell me your... your yeah you know, i will I will cash it out and provided I can really cash it out provided I actually get the cash out done I'll do it at hundred percent why 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 make twenty five percent commission on that when you were the one promoting the site in the first place and continuing to promote it for a very long time after they weren't paying but instead she took advantage of it and made twenty five percent off these people who uh, were desperate to get their money off because they they saw what was coming they saw they was never gonna they were never going to get their money so
1: yeah the, and, and no one ever ended up. Getting their money, right?
0: No, no, it's it's just gone. Locke's just completely gone now. Yeah. So, I, I of course, they didn't want her to win. Jared Blesnick, I didn't want to see him win because I, I just felt like he was only in the event still because of the BS favoritism he got via Phil Helmuth after getting banned. I didn't, uh, like, here he gets unbanned thanks to the influence of Phil Helmuth. And then he makes it very deep in the main event. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't hate Blesnick personally, but I, I don't like the circumstances and how he got himself unbanned through through somebody else's influence and their favoritism. So for that, I didn't want to see... I didn't want the story to be Phil Helmuth gets him unbanned and then he goes on to win the main event. That would have been kind of obnoxious to me. Vladimir Geschkembayne. Who's he? Well, we've talked about him on this show before. He cheated people who staked him In previous main events And there's a whole Story about him I think he finished 120th or something Either a year Or two years ago But uh, Yeah he cheated The people who who Staked him And and basically the story Was that uh, People staked him He Blew all the money In some way Nobody knows But he just Shot off all the money That was supposed to be used For entering World Series events Then told it Broke the news to everybody Hey everybody Guess what Uh, I know you the main event was part of the stake, but uh, I can't play it. I'm broke. I, I blew. I already th- blew the money that I was supposed to be using to enter the main event. So sorry, it's not happening. I'll try to pay you guys back. Then people can't believe it. They see him in the main event. Why? Well, he's in the main event because someone else backed him at that point. Someone else backed him. And, oh, bad news, guys. Uh, the guy who's backing me gets priority. So uh, even though you paid first for my main event, I'm entering on this guy's money. So... Even if I win this thing, uh, you're not getting very much. (laughs) And he was offering some kind of like terrible settlement to them, like some awful settlement to these people and a take it or leave it sort of thing where they've either got to take it and then like relinquish all future claims against anything uh, from him or uh, or not take it and get nothing. So he was really obnoxious about the whole thing, too. So that was a uh, Vladimir Geshkin Bain. Did not want to see him succeed, obviously, uh, given that story. Sorrell Mizzi, he's been part of so many cheating scandals and other bad things. Uh, so many bad stories about him, usually involving cheating. I've talked about it on the show before. Did not want to see him do well, but he was uh, running deep. Makul Pahuja, Vinny Pahuja's brother, by the way, the two Pahuja brothers. Uh, both good tournament players. I, I played with Makul cool last year, and the reason I did not want to see him win was because he was a dick to me. At the 50-50 no limit event last year That's where 50% of the field gets paid But I ran pretty deep in that I finished uh, 40th And uh, I I took a bad beat to go out uh, A three-outer on the river Uh, But uh, Makul Bahuja, he made the final table And finished like fourth, I think But my problem with him Was that uh, I was at a very tough table Not the one I busted from The one I got moved to was much better and I actually started to run chips back up there before I took that bad beat. But McCool Pahuja was at the very tough table I was at on day two. And I kept having these crappy situations where people were going over the top on me at all the wrong times. So like uh, when I've got a big hand where I'm happy to call it all off, that's when they're folding pre-flop. And when I've... Uh, Got something like pocket sixes or or jack nine suited or whatever, and I raised pre flop, and they're three betting me, you know, for, or three betting me all in, and obviously you know I'm, I'm folding here. I'm not. I wasn't so short. I had to call that off. So, like, I, I'm always in these spots where I, I kept being in these spots where people kept running me off hands, and it gave me a bit, very bad table image. Just it just seemed like every time I'm raising, people are three betting me, and I'm folding, or if I'm three betting, they're four betting me and I'm folding. So I had a terrible table image. It was just the way it worked because of the hands I happened to have. I mean, yeah, I could have just taken a stand. Okay, I'm calling off the jack nine, but I, I didn't want to do it. Like, what's that going to prove other than uh, I'm probably calling off with a far inferior hand. and probably going to lose. So uh, Makul Pahuja did this to me a few times, which, which is fine. You know, That's the way he's playing, and he's, he's noticing he can run me off hands. He can, he can do it. But what pissed me off was I said nothing to him as he's doing all this, and... Like the third time he did it and I folded, he says, what, you have nothing in your rage that you, that you can th- three-bet and not call a 4 bit? What, what's the problem? He starts mocking me when I'm folding. He's beating me every hand without having to see any, any showdown or even without a flop. And, and, and then he mocks me about it. What, there's nothing in your rage you can, you can three-bet you can't four-bet? Like, why say that to me? You're, you're beating me in the hands. Why be a dick like that? And it's not like I put any beat on him. Like, I don't think I had beaten him in the hand yet. So, so why, why do that? Why say something like that to me? So, I, I just thought the guy was a dick. And I was, uh. There's no reason for it either. Like, I had no history with him. i have never played with him before. I've never talked to him before. I don't know any of his friends. Like, there's, there's no reason. I don't think he even knew who I was. So, it wasn't from some dislike he had of me. He just decided to be a dick there. So, I was like, you know what? I, I'm not rooting for this guy either. Now, people I hoped would do well. Johnny Chan was running deep. Why Johnny Chan? Why was I rooting for him? Uh I don't know, just because he's Johnny Chan. <laughs> just because he's uh because you know the hero of poker in the eighties. Uh because uh you know, I, I know Johnny Chan kept uh, getting involved he's in some weird businesses and stuff. He
1: smells an orange.
0: Yeah, he gets involved in all those weird businesses. It's kind of on the fringe of having to do with poker and will associate his name with anything that he thinks is going to make him money. But I know he's not perfect, but, you know, it's just Johnny Chan. I just kind of... Uh, I, I guess the remainder of a poker fanboy in me wanted to see him uh, have some kind of very deep run. thought it would be interesting. Jason Strasser. I wanted to see him do well. I remember Strasser won or whatever from online from many years ago. I thought he was gone. I thought he was one of these online kids of the mid-2000s that just, uh, for whatever reason... Left poker I don't know if he went broke Or just got sick of it But he was just gone a long time And here he was back And when I played with him uh, He was nice uh, Very pleasant to have at the table He uh, he knew who I was I knew who he was And so yeah I thought it Seemed like a nice guy Happy to see him back And happy to see him doing well I don't know what position he finished But he didn't uh, run super deep But at that point he was doing well Dan Heimiller you know, Dan Miller. I don't really know him. I know who he is, but I don't really know him. He's a weird guy. He had this really, really weird website. <laughs> I don't know if it's still up, but a really, really weird website. Uh, very weird play style, too. I play, he used to play him in Limit Hold'em all the time on Poker Stars. He's pl- he played there as Lenny, and he, he just had a really weird play style. And I remember I, I mentioned that in the chat. I said, you know, this Lenny guy has a really weird play style. And someone said, if you think his play style is weird... Uh, you should meet the guy behind the play style. It's even weirder. But uh, the, the truth is, is that uh, Dan Hilli Miller, he, he's an underrated old school player who really always brings it. He's he's someone who a lot of people don't think of as as a very good player, but actually is. And I'll tell you, one person who respects his game is Phil Ivy. When Phil Ivy won his bracelet last year, uh, and, and had all these bracelet bets of the people remaining, he said the one he didn't want to see get chips with like four people left and. Dan Highmiller is one of them, but he was short-stacked. He said, I'm, I'm worried about Dan Highmiller getting chips. He's the only one that I'm concerned about, Ivy told people, because he said that Highmiller's uh, tough and Highmiller's not going to be intimidated by him. So uh, he was fortunate that Highmiller never got that many chips and eventually went out, but that was who he definitely did not want to face there. This is from Phil Ivy. Brandon Adams used to post on Never Win Poker. Always been a nice guy in our interactions. I remember one time uh, he told me he wanted to take me to dinner or lunch or something like that. I went to a meal with him and talked to him for a while. Uh, just, just always a nice, soft-spoken guy. Uh, saw him last year briefly. Played at my uh, 10K Limit Hold'em event. Neither of us did well that day. But uh, always been nice when I've seen him. So Brandon Adams uh, was running deep there, and I was... Hoping he would do well Sean Barrios. He's a good recreational player uh, He actually still holds a job He was actually in the military He told me he just got discharged Or is about to be discharged In, in uh, late July But uh, he's he a recreational player Very nice guy uh, My first time really talking with him But he's he's he was very nice to play with And You know he, He'll be the first to tell you He's not a pro And he doesn't have an ego You can tell when you're playing with him there. But uh, he's had a lot of good results. He even finished uh, second at the 10K limit hold'em this year. So he and I were the two chip leaders in the middle of day one. But we went opposite directions. Too bad I wasn't the one facing him heads up at the final table. That would have been nice. But anyway, uh, he's an easy one to root for. Now all these people... All these people did not make the final table or even get close to the final table. All these people uh, fell apart. I I didn't exactly follow where they all went, but uh, some of them were doing really well at one point. Uh, Melanie Wisner was at or near the top. Daniel Coleman was at or near the top even later than that. Maria Ho, I didn't mention her on this list, but she was uh, the first one to two million chips. But then she started to lose from that point and kind of never really recovered. Maria Ho, I didn't really care either way. Uh, I'm really neutral on Maria Ho. I don't like her or dislike her. I'm really, really neutral on her. She was really someone where she did well. I'd say, all right, she did well. Or if she didn't do well or she you know lost from that point, I'd say, okay, whatever. Like I, It's really someone I didn't really care either way. And I've played with her a number of times at Commerce. She's been okay. Like She's never been a bitch to me. She's never been too friendly either. Sometimes she'll say hello. But uh, she's someone I, I kind of put there like not a really nice, warm person and not someone who's been bitchy or unpleasant, just kind of in the middle. So I didn't really care either way on her. So the, the ones who actually ended up making the final table of the main event... Uh, let's get to this here. Um. See, now i got to get to my other thread. <laughs> I had the other thread up about the f- final table. And the people who made it were. And I didn't know most of these people. I know some of them have uh, some nice finishes in their lifetime, but Griffin Ginger, I think that's how you say his name, G E N G E R. Not Ginger, but Ginger. Griffin Ginger from Toronto, Ontario. 31 years old, a professional poker player. Best uh, finish he ever had was a 2013 EPT Berlin High Roller. First place for 562 k He has uh, $26 million in chips. Seventh place. Slightly ahead of him, sixth place, uh, from the Czech Republic, from Prague, have uh, Vojtech Ruzika, he once won the uh, he was third place in the EPT Doville in 2013 for 426k it was his best score. Fernando Ponce from Palma Spain the short stack with uh 6 million in chips he probably won't last very long. Uh he has lifetime earnings at tournaments only 20,000. So he's he's the underdog story. I think we may have just lost uh we did we just lost this up. The background noise disappeared. Kui Wen not a uh, big tournament player, only 52K in lifetime cashes, but second place in chips with 68 million. He's 39 years old. So for all these guys are younger than me. We have 31, 36, 37, 39. He's from Las Vegas. He puts his profession as, quote, gambler. So uh, what's also interesting is the biggest poker score. Was three thousand dollars prior to this at a two thousand and thirteen Aria Nightly.
2: Hmm.
0: So in two thousand thirteen, so this, uh, he was really an underdog here. The biggest known name here, Cliff Josephy also known as Johnny Bax Remember him? He was one of the big stakers, along with uh, Eric Sheets Haber. We had Sheets on the show before. We never had Johnny Backs on the show. He has seventy-five million even in chips. He's first place, the chip leader. 50-year-old professional poker player. Best score was the 2006 Aruba Poker Classic. Second place for 446000 Michael Ruan from Maywood, New Jersey, a professional poker player, 28 years old. Only 44K in lifetime cashes. Gordon Vio from San Francisco, a professional poker player, 27 years old best score he had was a win at the 3k no limit event in 2014 he won a bracelet for the 314,000 kenny halliart fourth place in chips with uh, by the way gordon has a uh, 50 million in chips and i'm not sure if i tell you uh, michael ron has a uh, 29.8 million in chips uh, kenny halliart's fourth with uh 43 million in chips 37 years old from belgium finished in sixth place at the ept doville in 2011 for two hundred ten thousand, that was his best before. Jerry Wong, not Jerry Wang, is the final one. He's a eighth in chips with ten million. He once uh, finished third at the two thousand thirteen PokerStars PCA for seven hundred twenty-five k. He's a professional poker player, thirty-four years old from Brooklyn. What's interesting about this table is that it's not as young as previous tables. Uh, now everybody at the table is younger than me, except for Johnny Backs. Cliff uh, Josephine, who's 50 Everybody else is uh, under 40 there But Everybody there is over 27 Everybody there has had Their 27th birthday, and everybody but two Is over 30 So most of the players are in their 30s We have two 20s We have one 50-year-old, everybody else is in their 30s So that's a, a bit of a change That shows you that the kids are not always winning We've had in recent years all these young kids who are just uh, barely qualifying to even be old enough to play at the World Series, but not this year. This year, everybody who's at the World Series could have played as long as six years ago. And most of them could have played as long as 10 years ago, or some 15 years ago. So, let's see. We have one, two, three, four, five players who are. Over 35 We have 6 players who are over 34 That's a big change Because I would have expected A lot more young players To make the final table But it didn't happen this year So The oldest player Who's won the main event Since 2008 Was 27 years old And that was uh, Martin Jacobson Two years ago That was the oldest From 2008 Through 2015 27 That shows you how The kids are taking over This year Unless Gordon Vio wins Which is possible He's third in chips We're not going to have Another 27 year old winning Everybody is Older than 27 Except for Gordon Vio, Who's 27 So This is actually A good year for those In their 30s At the main event Who am I rooting for? Answer, nobody. I, I don't really care. I do not really care. At my first day's table, I was younger than average, by the way. The average age at the table was older than me. A lot of people at the table around 50 or late 40s, and even the ones younger who looked younger than me didn't look that much younger. So it's not a young event, it never has been But the young players were just Kicking ass since 2008 Martin Jacobson at 27 was the old man So The year I went 88th In the main event, 2010 Had I made the final table I would have been the oldest I, I think the oldest uh, was 37, and I was 38 at the time. I didn't look this year, but last year the median age at the World Series, the entire World Series, of all the events was like 42 point something. So I was just a tiny bit above the median at 43. 43. And that makes sense to me from looking around It's it's not really, the World Series A lot of the winners are younger But the, the entrants overall are not that young it's, it's really, there's a lot of middle-aged people At the World Series of Poker Including myself So I don't know, I'm kind of Glad to see the kids shut out this year I'm kind of glad to see it's 30s and up for the most part But I'm not really rooting for anybody Whatever, I don't care who wins I kind of don't have much interest. This is not a very exciting group. There's people saying, "Oh, this is an exciting group. These are good players." I'm sure they're good players. I'm sure they are, but that doesn't mean they're inter- interesting players. And they're, they're not known names. You know, I'm, I'm listing the scores they've had. You know, a third place here, third, second place here. Like a, we don't have even have many people who have uh, won bracelets in this crowd. And we don't have uh, ones who you just know as uh, tournament players who are repeatedly having success. Some of these are players who might have some quiet success, but their lifetime earnings, and earnings, of course, means cashes. It doesn't mean how much money they've actually earned. Uh, Most of them are under a million. Some of them are way under a million. Some of them are way under 100,000. The highest of all of them, as far as lifetime cashes, Is Cliff Josephy Johnny Bax with 2.6 million Everybody else You have 1.3, 1.1 20,000, 52,000 2.6, which is Cliff Josephy 44,000 974,000 1.7 million 1.3 million Now these may sound like big numbers to you But think about me Am I a guy who's on the tournament trail all the time? No, I play the World Series and that's it Uh My big scores were really two events two years ago, but even they they weren't that huge. And even I have uh, approaching nine hundred thousand in caches. So, yeah, it's it's uh, these are not people who are on the tournament trail just winning and winning and winning. None of them are. These are not bad players. These are good players here, but they're not interesting for TV. They're just not. So, it's not very exciting. There's not a lot of stories behind them that are interesting The most interesting person is is Johnny Bax Everybody else is kind of generic So it might be interesting to watch from a play standpoint But not from the personality or story standpoint I see in the chat room we have that LOL wow guy who's known as Gay Sex on another site. And he's like, oh, so this is Dangil Radio. He calls me Dangil instead of Daniel for dandruff. He's heard it before. In fact, he heard the show before and complimented it. He said, hey, this show isn't bad. It's better than I expected, he said. So now he's acting like this is the first time he's hearing it. He's welcome to call in. I've never heard his voice before. If anybody wants to call 775-Fraud55... 775-372-8355. Seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. For some reason we never got back Sisop. He just kinda of disappeared. He said he likes the late show and then he just vanishes. Matt the Rat, I know he on it he offered to uh co host if, if yeah you know, he is. Here's Matt the Rat. Okay, hello, Matt. Welcome hey, to the how's show. It going? Welcome to the show. And uh I guess you're the co host now.
4: We lost uh Sisop somehow. Oh um if you have time and feel like it later on, or it might might make kind of a interesting Caesar's epic fail story about the uh, dinner at uh, Toby Keith's. Yeah, I put a I kind of put a picture and a thread in flying stupidity.
0: Oh, yeah, I see that. Yeah, I see that you posted this. That uh, actually just as I started the show. Oh yeah, you, you took a picture of the food. That's
4: funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll, it, I'll t- it didn't have the dessert either. Um, and uh, also, you you had mentioned about Johnny Chan. It was funny. About eight, nine, maybe even ten years ago, he was—he had some kind of business. He was like a 50-50 partner in some kind of online poker school, but it had like a multi-level marketing aspect to it. It was—it kind of, it failed. Oh, I remember
0: that. Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, I think they kind of used his name and stuff, but it was kind of funny when you mentioned that. I, I remember that because someone showed me that, oh, I'm going to get into this. I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah, he's been part of so many failed businesses.
0: He even had some kind of weird water they were selling at the World Series one year. Like some kind of infused water
4: that was nobody wanted. Yeah. Um, oh, and also I was going to ask: Did uh, did your uh, girlfriend have a chance to try that um, that uh, drink?
0: She hasn't yet, but but uh, I, I appreciate oh. I appreciate she hasn't had an occasion yet. But but thanks for uh, oh, yeah, no no, I always th- appreciate the stuff you, you give us here from Canada every time. But Matt always brings uh, brings us stuff from Canada when when we see him every year at the World Series. So. Here's something that happened at the main event. Uh, a guy had quad sevens, and let me get to the exact description of the hand. It's crazy. It's something I would have never expected to see at the World Series occur, but did. Let me get to this here. Yeah, so this this is on uh, July 13th, early in the day, day two. It says, Kyle Boker folds quads on a board reading King-9-7-7-Jack where King-9 and Jack are of spades. Kyle Boker is facing an all-in bet from his opponent. Now, by the way, the 7 is not of spades. So there's no 7 of spades and uh, the 7 of spades is in his hand. So his opponent went all-in. Boker goes deep into the tank and eventually has a clock called on him. Before the clock hits zero... Boker folds and shows pocket sevens for turned quads. His opponent wins the pot, and the table begins to discuss Boker's huge fold. So he folded quads where the only thing that could be beating him was a straight flash with Queen tennis suited. So that's pretty amazing. That, that's there,
4: there was, a, I think it was, was it three or four years ago in the One Drop, one of those uh, like super rich business guys. He, he, the, I don't know, the way the betting went, and it was a known pro, and he folded quads too, and he goes, the only hand this guy can have is a straight flush.
0: Yes, yes, and then the opponent wouldn't say what it was, quote, out of respect for his opponent, meaning that he didn't have it. Yeah, that's. Yeah. But at least that was like a million dollar buy in. <laughs>
4: yeah. I'm
0: not defending it. I'm just saying, like. Uh, and
4: I remember Tom Dwan was like, I don't care. Like, I'm never folding quads ever.
0: Yeah, I, I can't see folding quads ever. I, I could never do it. So, especially, this isn't even like. Uh, where you have to worry about a one card Sort of thing like Let's say the board Was 7-7 uh, 9-10 was seven, seven, uh, nine, nine, jack and, and it's all spades on the board So 7 of spades, 9 of spades, 10 of spades Jack of spades On the board And then another 7 And you have pocket 7s Well there if the guy holds a single 8 you could lose Well that makes sense
4: There I can see folding quads because it's 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 uh, If he's got the eight of spades, you, you lose. But it would still it would still have to be a massive buy-in tournament. Like I'm never folding that for like a thousand dollar buy-in.
0: Yeah, yeah. But but you know it still makes sense to like people folding that. But but this is a two card thing. Like I can never see folding quads for a two card straight flush or royal flush possibility. It just it's just too unlikely. If if you happen to be up against it, then you're up against it. But uh, that's just absolutely nuts. So yeah, the guy folded quads. And uh, the funny thing is this isn't a fish that doesn't have uh, a history in poker. He actually has good results. Let's look at his Hendon Mob. He actually is, is like a real tournament player, which is weird. Uh, the funny thing is on Hendon Mob, everyone's been looking him up. It says his popularity is like, spiked because everyone wants to see like who's the guy who folded quads. But he won... An event this year at the World Series He won the 3K PLO 8 event He was 10th place this year In the 1500 uh, mixed No Limit Hold'em and pot limit Omaha He finished 12th this year At the 565 PLO He's also uh, Let's see some big scores he's had He's had uh, in a $560 event in Atlantic City At Borgata he won for 50K he has a bunch of scores He has a, the 10k uh, main event At the World Series of Poker In 2014 finished 71st This guy has a lot of scores I think he has like 2.8 million in uh, live earnings So had, how does someone With 2.8 million In cashes, Who seems to be a very good tournament player From his results Fold quads there And, and the, the opponent never showed what he had so either the opponent was embarrassed that uh, he got red this way and and, and quads got folded, or I, I don't think he had it, though. I think the opponent's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I got away with this.
4: Would, would you, if you were the guy, okay, not the guy that folded quads, but the other guy folded quads and you didn't have it, would you show? No.
0: No, I wouldn't show it. I, I usually don't needle people when they, uh, unless they're assholes, I don't, I don't needle them when they've laid down a better hand than what I have when I've gone all in. Uh, so I probably wouldn't have shown, but I, I think that, uh, you, Wait, are you are you asking if I'd show it if I had, if I had the straight flush or if I
4: didn't? No, no. if you, if you didn't say, if you, I did. so no, you no, had I wouldn't. some other no, kind of I wouldn't have weird or no, I, I wouldn't have shown it. No, it's like underpair or something. Yeah. No, he could have had a flush.
0: I mean, he could have a lot of things. Yeah. There's a lot of things you could have. Had. He could have had a full house, he could have had a flush. There's a lot of things you could have had there. You go all in with. I mean the board is a king jack nine with three spades and uh 7 7 7 on there too. So there's a lot of hands he could have had there. To just say the guy has to have queen ten is insane. So
4: what well, what was the pre-flop betting with it? It is
0: it's unknown unfortunately. It was uh,
4: let me see. I think there may Because have been, that could tell a big story, right?
0: Yeah, let me let me get to, I think there's something which uh Someone attempts to explain this. Uh,
4: the seven's probably raised, and then the, the other guy probably just called in position. Yeah, it was
0: probably something like
4: that. He said, oh, he's got to have queen ten.
0: Probably something like that. Yeah, that's nuts. I mean, that's one of these spots where if if you lose, you lose. You just got to say that that's the way it goes. So, I, I I couldn't do it. I could never fold a two-card col- uh, a two card quads.
4: Yeah, it's not th- like it's an open-end
0: four-card straight flush. Yeah. Where there's only one hand that could possibly be beating your quads, and that's a uh, queen-ten of spades, of all things. It's not even like a situation like you see, you, you think the person may have had ace-king suited, and then the board comes up with a jack-ten-queen of that suit. And you think, wow, I really put him on ace Queen, Ace King suited the whole way now. Now this makes him a royal and he's going all in that. That would make a little more sense.
2: Yeah.
0: This is queen-ten. Like, how do you put him on that? Like, How do you say he's got to have queen-ten for unfolding quads? So I think it was dumb. I think most people – a few people are saying, oh, that's uh, – he's probably right. He probably made a solo read. I don't believe it. I think he made a big mistake. And the fact that uh, – uh, we haven't heard from the opponent, like, oh my god, how did you do that? Like you think maybe the opponent would have at least come up like afterwards that hey, you know, you has actually had an amazing laydown. He's, I actually had uh the ro- I actually had the straight flush there. I think because we haven't heard anything from that
4: opponent he probably didn't uh he probably didn't have it. it. it's hard to tell if Muck Ficon is being sarcastic or not. He's like you fold quads every time as someone shoves on you with quads or feet. <laughs> No, obviously he's being sarcastic yeah.
0: So so alright uh, th- That happened Now last World Series story Then we'll be probably done talking about the World Series For several months A guy was ejected From the Little one for one drop This is the $1,111 one drop event Not the big one that uh, is for Over 100000 For acting just Totally nuts at the table To where they eventually had to physically restrain him and they ejected him, but they gave him a refund. This is a weird story. When I, I heard the story at first, I misread it. And I thought it was the bigger one drop that this happened. When I found out it was the little one, I couldn't believe they gave him a refund. I mean, This would be a total justified situation to just disqualify him and give him no money. And no one would have any sympathy for him. Uh, there's actually a picture of this on Poker Fraud Alert of the, the, the security guard surrounding him and him raising his hand with his uh, mouth wide open. It looks like he's yelling. But this, this is the story of, of what happened. A player at the 1.1K little one for one drop event who claimed to be named Corey A. Cunningham got belligerent and had to be escorted off the tournament floor by security. Cunningham was eventually disqualified from the tournament but received his buy-in back. The incident began after Cunningham and an opponent at the table had been sparring back and forth. There was a disagreement over spending too much time in a hand, which led to Cunningham yelling, Time, time, time! Security was called to the floor. Tournament director Jack Ewell tried to reason with Cunningham, but he got progressively more aggressive as time went on. By this point, a crowd had gathered around Cunningham's table, and action grinded to a halt in the tournament. Security was called to the table. Sec- Cunningham then screamed at security to, quote, Get the fuck away. (laughs) That's not a good thing to do when your security's coming because you're being belligerent at the table. Cunningham was yelling at the dealer to show him what his opponent had, but she put the cards in the muck. Eventually, Cunningham had to be physically dragged away from the table by a couple of players while security assisted. Now, I want to know this. I saw a picture with several security guards around him, and he looks like a normal guy. It's not like he's some, like, you know, Massive dude that would be hard to drag away How come security couldn't handle this Why are players at the table having to get involved With dragging him away <laughs> it, it provided that story Is correct like why why is that Happening why isn't security just to, I'm telling you if there's some guy going nuts at the table I'm not getting involved with dragging him away I'll let security Do it That's not my job but uh, I guess some players at the table Decided to help out he said he'd be dragged away by a couple players While security assisted Shouldn't it be the other way around that security drags him While the players maybe assist if he's too much trouble But they dragged him away And somehow despite all this Despite the fact that uh, He told security to get the fuck away Despite the fact that he wouldn't calm down When Jack Effels was trying to reason with him They had to freeze the tournament And that uh, Security and other players had to drag him away They gave him a thousand dollars back Which is crazy If there's ever a time to confiscate it, and I think they'd be very much on strong legal footing to do so, it would be here. Disqualification is uh, a legitimate reason to lose. Now, they can't just disqualify you for a, a slight infraction. And take your money There you might have a complaint to gaming That'd be valid But I, I think here there's enough uh, evidence against the guy A mountain of evidence against the guy That the disqualification was justified More than justified So I'm very surprised they gave him the money uh, They probably just did it to, provo- uh, to avoid Any kind of PR nightmare Where the guy doesn't go to the press And claim that they uh, found a flimsy excuse To boot him and, uh, and took his money But you you think the World Series Could have easily responded with Look there's a million witnesses to this The guy was going so nuts uh, uh, we had to finally physically remove him, and we have so many witnesses who will back us on this. Like, I, I can't see how the World Series would ever look bad just disqualifying him and taking his money. Like, it, you're under control of your own behavior. This wasn't an accidental thing. And I don't know what this guy's problem was, but when you do this and you get disqualified, uh, like if I did this and got, to, I, I would not even think of asking for my money back. And if I did and they said no I I would understand Like I understand when I sit at a tournament That I I have to treat Everyone with respect Or I can get disqualified And my money's gone And that includes Other players, that includes the dealers That includes the tournament director That includes Anyone around there And acting like that If I got disqualified I totally understand Why they wouldn't give me my money back so that was weird. He he doesn't deserve his money back. In fact, all this does is encourage people to do this again, because they feel like they're almost free-rolling. In fact, the question, I don't know how many chips he had, but what, what if he had less than starting stack? What if this is a way to get a refund? Now, I don't know if they banned him. I hope they at least banned him from coming back. Of course, uh, all he needs is Phil Helmuth to get back in his quarter, and then he'll be right back in the World Series the next day.
6: <laughs>
0: okay, so on a, uh, a not so lighter note a much darker note actually a 26 year old player staying at the rio but who was playing the uh, WPT 500 event died and weird circumstances here but i th- i think we have an answer as to what happened uh, his name was uh Matthew Hodge or Hogg, H A U G E, Matthew Hogg. I think it's Hodge, actually. He died unexpectedly at the beginning of July. I think he died on uh, July 3rd, overnight. It says, before play began today. This is uh, July 4th. Commentator Mike Sexton addressed the field with some sad news. Matthew Hogg, who had played on day 1B in May through to day 2 with 122K in chips, passed away unexpectedly late Sunday night. Sexton then led the field in a moment of silence in memory of Hodge. Following the standard tournament rules, Hodge's chips were left in play, slowly blinded out hand by hand. At the start of the day, Hodge's stack of 122,000 was worth 15 big blinds. But if the blinds went up and Hodges' stack went down, other players busted quickly enough that Hodges' stack survived two pay jumps
6: <laughs>
0: and uh, finished in 136th place, earning $2,500. Arrangements that are being made to deliver his earnings to his family. Now, I, I guess that's a solution if you come into day two and your, uh, your stack isn't all that good. Maybe the solution is just to die, and then uh, your stack will play itself and actually survive a few pay jumps and outlast some other players. Looks like that's what this guy did. But, of course, the question is, what would cause a 26-year-old to die? He died in the the Rio room, which they, they went to go check on him when he didn't show up. And there was a rumor that what had actually happened was that a mysterious woman had been seen with him the night before and that his money and other valuables were found gone when they went to his room and found him dead. And someone on 2 Plus 2 had posted that this happened to them before. Now, this, of course, this person didn't die, but they posted a copy of a police report from 2009 where they had this exact situation where a, a uh, woman hit on them, a you know, young woman hit on them. They, they went back to the room with the girl. The girl put something in their drink. They were knocked out, and the girl stole like $40,000 from them. Eventually, the girl was found, and her accomplices in this were found, but uh, a lot of the money was already gone. They didn't even get all the money back. So there is some concern that since he was seen with this mysterious girl who was then gone when he was found dead and never reported anything happened to him, that uh, the same thing happened, except uh, whatever she put in his drink to drug him just killed him. Also, Matthew Hodge was not known as a drug addict or someone who had a substance abuse problem. So what would cause a 26-year-old just to die? And isn't that strange that a girl was seen Going back to his room with him that night, and just mysteriously vanished, and then the money that he was said to have with him was gone, as were other things supposedly. So some people were very concerned that this was a murder and that the police were not investigating this properly. I thought there was a good chance of that, especially at twenty six. You, you don't have many people just dropping dead like that at their real room. I mean, I'll I'll be honest. I'm I, I'm. 18 years older than 26 I, This isn't even on my mind That when I go to sleep at night I'm going to die in my sleep This guy's 26 So finally Some clarity came In the midst of this mystery This who done it. Jeff Fielder Who was supposedly a good friend Of Matthew Hodge's Asked a person on 2 plus 2 To post this Now this person didn't know Matt But uh Posted as, quote, the messenger. He said, sounds like a pre existing medical condition. The chick checks out. Nothing was taken or stolen. She was definitely not a hooker. She did have a boyfriend. She came back to the Rio after she heard that something bad had happened to Matt.
2: <laughs>
0: now, the reason that's funny is she had a boyfriend. <laughs> what was she doing in his room if she had a boyfriend? She was cheating on her boyfriend Like, Why is that even part of the story It makes her sound worse not better Like oh she has a boyfriend Okay she couldn't have stolen from him She couldn't have murdered him She had a boyfriend Anyway uh, Apparently the rumor about things being taken or stolen Was not true According to this uh, Person who was posting On behalf of Jeff Fielder Who's Matt's friend And uh, anyway Anyway uh, Apparently, it was said that uh, Matt had health problems. So, Ben Hodge, Matt's brother, supposedly told this to Jeff Fielder, who then told this person to, to- post on Two Plus Two. I real I realize this is all a lot of third-hand information, but uh, supposedly. Matt's brother was told this information by the two detectives that they investigated the girl that nothing was taken, blah 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 she wasn't a hooker and that uh, the brother knew that Matt had health problems before that so they just wanted to put it out there that it wasn't some hooker or scammer that killed him by drugging his drink or whatever that he died of natural causes overnight so not 100 percent sure that's true, but that is what the police have concluded. That's all we're going to know. His family seems satisfied with this, so this probably would happen. There probably was some chick who cheated on her boyfriend with him that night. Who knows? Maybe even uh, you know the sexual activity brought on a heart attack. Who knows? But she left believing he was okay. She she uh, came back to the Rio after she heard something bad had happened to him. I don't know how she heard this But that's the story Hopefully it's true Hopefully he wasn't murdered It's still tragic when a 26 year old Abruptly dies like that But it would have been much worse If he was senselessly murdered And suffered to death due to uh, Someone trying to spike his drink To steal from him It's much worse to have that Than existing health problems Where honestly he probably would have died Sometime soon anyway We actually had someone in our community who was young, that had existing heart uh, health issues, that died, and that was uh, Esoterics, a.k.a. Justin Shrunk. And I liked Justin a lot. You know, Justin was a was friend of mine. And uh, I was very sad to hear about his passing when that happened. And that was uh, a story of, of a young person who just had a lifetime of health problems, and eventually it killed him. In fact, I had visited Justin in the hospital Shortly before he died And he seemed okay at that point He'd actually died at home Shortly after being discharged From the hospital By the way of course you remember uh, Probably Kevin Boudreau Who almost died of an aneurysm In his mid-twenties But he has recovered somewhat He's even playing the World Series again But he's he's not the same anymore It's a lot better than The alternative of being dead Spooky Gook on Poker Fraud Alert posted in the thread A chick drugged my buddy in Vegas two years ago and got him for about $1,000 It happens Yeah, you gotta watch out uh, Any girls you meet in Vegas If you bring them back to your room uh, First of all You need to always be in control of any drink that you have when I say in control, I mean you pour it. I mean you never leave it unintended. Not even, you don't go to the bathroom and leave it out. You, you, you watch every moment of that drink, and if there's any doubt, just don't drink it and dump it out and pour another drink. And never leave her alone with any stuff. Like lock everything up. Lock up all your valuables. She's probably not going to run off with your laptop. That's kind of hard to run off with, but don't leave money out. Don't leave jewelry out. Don't leave your wallet out. Make sure all this stuff's locked up in the safe, and she doesn't see you enter the password. And and don't let her don't let her uh, around your drinks so without you watching, because uh, that is a common occurrence in Vegas. You know, these girls are not going to overpower you; they're not going to uh, beat you up and take your money. They know they can't do that, so they they drug you, they knock you out. So watch out, especially if in Vegas, if a girl who's way hotter than you normally get outside of Vegas is really, really interested in you out of nowhere, it's probably something that's not good. It's either a hooker or it's a scam or it's someone who's uh, going to do this drugging thing of you or is going to go back to your room and let her uh, her boyfriend in to hold you up at gunpoint. All these things happen. <laughs> Hot chicks don't need to approach you and, and act like uh, you're the hottest guy they've ever seen. It just doesn't happen. Every once in a while it happens, but you, usually when this happens, it's because they're trying to get something out of you. They have so many guys approaching them, they don't need to go up to you. Unless you're like a stunningly good-looking guy. If 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 every day... But then you're used to it. Then you're used to hot chicks everywhere throwing themselves at you. But... but uh, if you don't have that normally, like I'm not saying you've never slept with hot chicks, but if you've, if the hot chicks you've gotten are ones that you've had to put out some effort to get, if if it just doesn't fall in your lap, but they don't all approach you, but in Vegas they're all approaching you, that's indicative that something is not right. Usually it's just a hooker, but sometimes it's worse than that. We we talked about a story on this show. Some years ago about a guy around 50 years old or so A popular poker player in England I forget his name He was approached by a 24 year old woman Who Showed a lot of interest in him And it turned out she set him up and he got murdered So She let her uh, Accomplices in, three males They tied him up, they beat him up He wouldn't, uh, I guess he didn't cooperate enough For what they wanted and they, they beat him to death So Always watch out with these hot chicks that are inexplicably interested in you too much, too quickly in Vegas or anywhere that you're gambling. So that's probably not what happened here to this guy. This guy probably just had health problems and uh, happened to hit him that unfortunate night at the Rio. Probably shortly after he had sex with a girl who was cheating on her boyfriend. Speaking of someone who may not be alive anymore... Matt Marafiati, We've talked about him on this show before is known as uh, Ad Zizzy uh, He First became Known To most poker fans For his tumultuous relationship With Lauren Kling When he famously said that uh, She has a problem with growing too much ass hair And that she needs to regularly Wax her ass to get rid of the hair
6: Laughter That's when he
0: used the infamous hashtag, it grows back fast. But whether or not that was true, he engaged in a lot of erratic behavior over the last four years. It got weirder and weirder. And there was a rant that he had on YouTube where he was really, really scared and sounded very paranoid that everyone, including his parents, were out to get him. And we played it and riffed on it a little bit, and because he said some weird and funny things on there, but uh, it's not as funny anymore because uh, it appears that Matt Marafioti may have uh, passed away. Let me find, uh, let me find that video, which uh, to skip around a little bit just to show you how crazy he sounded.
5: All right. Well, hello world. The reason I'm here to talk to you today is because I am in a very bad situation and the only people that can help me are the public. What's happened here is in January of this year, uh, you know, basically a little background on the story would be before January, uh, you know, my manager, Carl Silverstone, who's from Regent Park, introduced me to a guy named Emil at his brother Ben Silverstone's baby shower. I was trying to help their family out in whatever way I could, including giving them money, employing Carl, bringing him to L.A. with me, You know, paying 3500 for his flight out there while covering 50000 in hotel bills. along with- Yeah, so
0: so this is like a lot of the theme of the video. Right now he doesn't sound too crazy, but you'll, as this goes on, he's just ranting for 43 minutes, just sounds like a nutcase. But one theme that I said I I kind of believed as to uh, what he was saying there is the common theme was all these bad guys, all these uh, dangerous-sounding dudes that he was associating with were using him for money, that he was bankrolling all these different uh, things these guys were doing. And it seemed like he got involved with a lot of uh, scumbags and, and dangerous criminals who saw that he had access to a lot of money and were using him for it. And sometimes when you get involved with that element And then you're no longer useful to them Or you're trying to blow the whistle on them uh, Then you end up getting killed So that that's what uh, got me That's what made me think that maybe there was something To all his his madness there That maybe he really was concerned over something legitimate But he just wasn't able to express it well uh, But l- listen to how crazy he sounds in the other parts If we can jump there With that YouTube freezing here let's see
5: our Mark Silver, Shale Silver's dad, who I've met and been to his place before because of Lauren Greenberg, who, whose dad, Bruce Greenberg, owns the Hazleton Hotel. Uh, so basically what's happened is they formed a full movement against me while using me as a pawn to extort the Italian mob for money uh, as the Jewish mob. You know, I had met Simeon Cronenfield before, who owes Las Vegas $27 million, and all of these people are on my Instagram. So I pretty much proved everything that I was saying to be true. Uh, so, Yeah, so you, so,
0: you, so you can hear from that. This guy isn't right in the head. I mean, even if this story has some basis, it's just, it's just rambling and seems kind of crazy. But I did believe he got involved with a lot of bad people. Uh, we even got uh, Seriously Serious, who's co-hosted the show before, mentioned.
5: Being watched by police. Well, it's because, you know, my dad told me he has a special relationship with the chief of police, as in the city of Toronto is run by the mob, one way or another. And now there's been a shift in power between the Italian mob and the Jewish mob, which they blame me for through a song that was created about me by Seriously Serious called I'm Such an Awesome Guy, Those Logs Are Just a Lie, Mafioso Will Kill All You, where I reference a situation where... Uh, someone had owed me 200000 and then my dad's friend somehow got me the money back, which I didn't ask many questions about. I just told him the story about what happened, and my dad said, you know, that's fine, we just wanted to know, et cetera. He said, I- I'll get you the money back. Uh, so he did, and I never questioned it again.
0: But- so, so anyway, uh, we had a lot of this for like 43 minutes in this video. This was done in uh, January 2016. But now back to the present, uh, Matt Marafiotti is missing. He's completely missing, and people are concerned now. People who care about Matt think that something bad may have happened. So the following tweet was sent out on – what was the date? Oh, hold on. Sorry about that. The following tweet was sent out on uh, July 12th. Important. This is from Randy Dorfman, by the way. Important. If anyone has seen Matt Marafiati, please contact me. has not been heard of since June, and family is extremely worried. Please retweet. He has been missing since June 16th. No one we know has seen him, and no credit card use. So what they're saying here is that not only has he not been seen in a month, but he hasn't been using his credit cards. So that especially looks suspicious because uh, you think somebody who is so used to spending money, he's always been very free with money, in fact, that's probably what got him in this mess in the first place, uh, he'd be using his credit cards, but he's not. He's, he's either hiding out or dead. It looks like it's got to be one of these two. Now, from how scared he was in this video he made in January, it is possible that he thinks that... The people who are after him including his own parents That he can't trust anyone and that his only option Is to hide out so it's possible he, he Got a bunch of cash and and renting a room Under some phony name And is just hiding out And not contacting anyone he knows Because he thinks everyone wants to kill him It's even possible he left Las Vegas and is living under An assumed name somewhere else It's also possible He's dead and buried in the desert somewhere Uh, I don't think he made up all 43 minutes of that video I don't think he invented all those characters I think those names he rattled off I'm, I'm sure these are all people he's been associating with And probably some of these people are, are ones who do some pretty bad things Or maybe have done some bad things to him And It's just kind of hard to follow Or completely believe him with everything he's saying But at the, at the same time yeah, you know, Where there's smoke there's fire He was definitely associating with some bad characters Who were using him for money So It's possible he Uh Got one of them pissed off or they were afraid that he was Going to report them for something or who knows But it's possible that one of them murdered him It's possible that one of them murdered Him knowing that he has so many mental issues That if he were to disappear Probably it would be blamed On his own psychosis rather than A a belief that he was actually Murdered so uh, It's been Kind of fun for people to laugh over The last four years at Marifiati's antics but It looks like he may have had a sad ending. Now his parents, I don't understand why his parents were bankrolling him all this time. Because it seemed to me that Matt didn't make his money from poker. I don't know if he was a winning or losing player, but I know he just showed up on the scene with a whole lot of money. So it seems like that he just had money to start. And he's a young guy, so it seems like his parents gave it to him. And So unless he got this in some other way where his parents didn't have complete control, like like an inheritance from a grandfather or something, unless it was that way where they couldn't take away money he was already given, I don't think it's wise for parents, even very rich parents, to give their son with known uh, emotional and mental issues money to go play poker in Las Vegas. You don't want anyone living in Las Vegas, especially far from their usual home. Who has uh, Emotional instability Because it does not end well for them That's never a good place to go If you are not a stable person To To succeed in Vegas You have to be very stable And very disciplined Especially if you're going to be going into Some sort of gambling related profession Such as poker So I, I think his parents should have done all they could To keep, out of, keep him out of Las Vegas Now, Some people said to me Oh no his parents have been fighting this for a long time They've been trying to Cut him off as much as they can but it's been hard But I'm talking about from the beginning not, not since he started acting really crazy I'm talking about like four years ago Five years ago If his parents ever were on board With him becoming a professional poker player Even from Toronto He should not have been anywhere near gambling With his mental state Unless his parents couldn't stop him Unless he already had the money somehow But if they gave him money to gamble If they gave him money to get into the poker world They made a huge mistake that's the wrong place for anyone who's not mentally stable, and it may have cost uh, Matt Marafiotti his life. So I think we're going to eventually hear. Like right now it's only a month, but I, I don't think he can go on living for years underground. So we'll find out soon enough. And unfortunately, I think the higher chances he'll be found dead. What, what do you think, Matt I
4: think so. Um, because I was reading, someone said that he used to just slam the Twitter all the time. And uh, I haven't checked it, but it looks like it's gone silent.
0: Well, that may be part of the hiding out, though. But I, I just think it's more likely that, that he do, he's dead. Some people think suicide. It, I don't think suicide is that likely, actually. I think
4: it's... No, but he he did... Like, he was rambling. It's almost like he, he was kind of on the verge of some kind of mental instability. Not just like, oh, this guy's a nut. Like, he, there's something not right in his head.
0: Well, I agree with that. But... Uh, the question is it was it uh if he is found dead do you think it's going to be from his own hand like he killed himself or or no. or do you think it'll be a murder thing
4: i i i think it might be that he was hanging around with the wrong people and just in a bad situation it might not be that someone's out to get him but just the situation itself i think
0: well but what what made him but do you think he's dead or do you think that uh <sighs>
4: I, I I think so, uh, but what, what would it be 50, from? It's 50, a fifty-fifty. It it's not like ah, oh, I don't think so. It's like it's a it's a real fifty-fifty right now. But if, I think if it goes for another two months, then he probably would be dead. Yeah,
0: well, I think that too. But but if he's dead, what do you think the cause will be? You think it would be murder?
4: Uh I would probably I would I would say yeah. Yeah, I would say that too. I think that's if
0: you have to list the likelihood of. Causes of death, or, or just likelihood of what the situation is right now, as as we're talking about it here on uh, the morning of July twentieth, I'd have to say murder is probably the highest chance. Uh, below that, I'd say right below that, I'd probably say like some sort of uh, accidental death, like uh, from a drug overdose of an, uh, or something like. But it'd be, the problem be, you know what? I, I take that back. He would have been found. I don't believe that. I think he would have been found if that were the case. So I don't think there's an accidental death and and uh, so I guess the next one down would be uh hiding out, and the next one down from that would be a suicide but again, suicide, you think someone would find him
4: i I think if he did a suicide, he would probably be he'd probably leave a note like i mean if he leaves this rambling message. I think if he's going to do a suicide, he'd leave, like, a video message on a laptop for someone to find or something.
0: Yeah, I would think that, too.
4: Or he'd post it, like, minutes before he, you know, does himself in.
0: Yeah, so it's probably – it probably that's what I was I,
4: – I didn't think it was suicide. He he, just, might, he might even do some weird live streaming of hanging himself or something. You never yeah, know.
0: I, I didn't even think he had the personality type to commit suicide because he seemed to be someone, even throughout all the craziness, who seemed to like himself still. He seemed to uh, – he didn't seem the type who like, didn't want to live. He seemed to like life and he seemed to like himself even though he was in these bad situations. The people who uh, kill themselves usually uh, either suffer from massive depression, which he didn't seem to. He was crazy but he didn't seem to suffer from depression. Or they uh, they, they think very badly of life or themselves and, and uh, either don't believe they deserve to live or don't believe that they can go on living with whatever situation they're in.
4: Yeah, the f- the few times I've seen him on TV, on not on a WSOP, but on those WPTs or whatever, and he was on that ones to watch list a couple years ago, and it always seemed like he really kind of enjoyed the poker, and if he was on TV, he really liked that. It's, so I don't think he would be like he's not. Um, he's not depressed, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and. Uh... Even in that video in January He didn't seem depressed there He seemed uh, crazy and scared But he didn't seem depressed He didn't seem like uh, he was ready to kill himself It seemed like he was afraid someone was going to kill him And maybe that is what happened So uh, It'll be I I would be very interested to hear the full story Which comes out, if it ever does come out If it it does turn out that he's been murdered Because uh, then it'll be Also interesting to go back and listen to that video He made and see if you can pick out any clues of who might have done it. Though there's a lot of people he mentioned there that he claimed were after him, so who knows? Even if I,
4: I didn't listen to the whole video but I did listen to a part like some he met up with some guys that said they stole his stuff and they actually convinced him to give him like he was he gave him four thousand cash to get some necklaces or some stuff back. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he handed it to the guy, the guy's like, Well what four thousand? And then basically just took off or something. So like he was given the money to get his stolen stuff back.
0: Yeah, there's some weird story like they stole some coat of his at a club, and it, it was, it was and his cell phone, like the odd stuff like that. But it, and, it was, a,
4: and a gold necklace. Or yeah,
0: something. but it was it was clear he was associating with a bad element, and that's a lot of times will end up with your uh, with something very bad happening to you. But we, I
4: mean, I mean, who if someone steals your stuff and they admit it and they say, "Well, we'll give it back, but give me four thousand dollars," who's going to do that? It was a
0: weird, the whole weird story. It was such a weird story. I, I I didn't even follow completely everything that was happening. I don't think anybody did. So we will Strange. we will see.
4: Yeah, you hope you hope he's okay. But like like I said, if it's if it's a couple more months and nothing, then I I think he's, I think yeah, he's yeah yeah. We
0: have like it's been like uh, thirty four days he's been missing already. So that's that's getting pretty long, especially with no credit card use. All right, so. Let's uh, get to a lighter topic If you're ready to laugh Then that's uh, a good point in the show No, that's not what I meant to do I meant to do
2: this
6: (laughs) The laughter is
0: for What happened with uh, The Full Tilt guys There was a class action lawsuit Back in April of 2012 And this is before anyone got their money back for Full Tilt which, of course, didn't really come from Full Tilt. It came from poker stars who bought them. But this is before anyone got paid. April 2012, four former Full Tilt customers sued Howard Lederer and Chris Ferguson over their frozen bankrolls. It wasn't really frozen, it was really stolen because the money was just gone. Uh, so the four players were Steve Seagal, not Steven Seagal, the actor, but Steve Seagal, Nick Hammer, Robin Hoogdahl, and Todd Terry. Now, Todd Terry is the only one I've heard of these four. And uh, this is actually a modified version of an earlier class-action lawsuit that these guys brought in 2011. So they changed it a little bit, refiled in 2012, and even later they ended up adding a fifth player named uh, Bradley Claisen to this lawsuit as well. Well, then Full Tilt was... uh, then bought and uh, its assets were transferred to Poker Stars. And uh, Poker Stars made their own settlement with the DOJ for $731 million, which created the funds for the full tilt remissions process. And the class action lawsuit is now over. They entered settlement discussions. Around September 2015 And It's guessed It's not known for sure but it's guessed that what happened Was that uh, all the plaintiffs here Received their remissions payments From PokerStars or from the government Actually because of PokerStars' purchase So that kind of Hurt the lawsuit Because uh, they're claiming that their bankrolls Were frozen and they couldn't get their money Well now they had their money So that kind of made the lawsuit a moot point in a way. Now, they they could have still sued for many other things related to that, but uh, as far as getting the money back, that part of it was uh, now kind of a moot point. Of course, there were a lot of legal expenses that were incurred between 2011 and 2015. And if they were to just drop the lawsuit at that point, then the legal expenses would be theirs to bear. So... They did not want to drop it for sure. They wanted, at the very least, to get their money back for their attorneys. So, uh, I, I'm guessing the attorneys may have taken this on contingency. But probably the attorney said, "Hey, we're not. You know, we don't want to drop this." They probably had some agreement with the plaintiffs. I'm just guessing now that they probably had some agreement with the plaintiffs, these uh, contingency attorneys, that if they put all this work into it, that uh, The plaintiffs cannot drop the case Without paying their legal bills So A final settlement Was reached in January 2016 We're just hearing about this now So that's why we're reporting it six months later But a final settlement was reached For this class action lawsuit Where these four players had their money Inaccessible for all those years Full tilt had stolen Their money Via Howard Letterer, Chris Ferguson, et all, and they didn't have access to this money all this time. There were no interest on it. They did eventually get it back without any interest from the government's distributions. But you would think that uh, it, it's still a class action lawsuit. You think, that, given that uh, Howard Letter and Chris Ferguson stole the money, and that could be proven pretty easily that. At the very least, maybe some punitive damages could have been awarded, at least in a settlement where you'd you think that something like that, where at least there would have been something punitive there, something where they would have gotten something out of it for following it up all these years. Well, Howard Letterer and Chris Ferguson did agree to pay $260,000 to the attorneys for legal expenses. However The money that went to the plaintiffs themselves As a real result of this settlement Was the sum of
3: One hundred billion dollars oh. Gentlemen, oh. silence
0: No, no They wish It was actually
3: One million dollars
0: That's not true either no, it was actually...
4: Zero, point
0: 0.0. No, it wasn't quite that little, but it might as well have been. Each player got $500! <laughs> I hope it was worth it. They actually settled for $500. Each of these five players got $500. Which I actually guess came out of the 260000 Payment to the lawyers I guess of the 260000 Paid to the lawyers It was agreed that uh, 2500 of it Was uh, to be distributed To the five players And <laughs> the remainder Of the, the $257,500 Will go to the lawyers So the lawyers did pretty well They made uh, 257000 Out of this But the players They each got 500 bucks. This was agreed to In late December 2015 It was approved By presiding Judge Andrew Gordon on January 6, 2016 so let it be written so let it be done and this was dismissed with, pre- with prejudice meaning it was barring class action claims of a similar nature so this was actually heard in a US district court in Nevada that's very ridiculous they spent all this time Trying to sue Howard and Chris And they got 500 bucks out of it each I bet they could have made more Than this $500 If they just spent the hours That they put into this lawsuit Working in McDonald's I, I really think they would have made more I'm not even kidding The lawyers did did pretty well But these players Boy did they uh, draw a blank I mean $500 how can you agree to that I know they mainly just wanted the The legal fees paid At this point but You'd think that after everything the players went through, since they've gone through with the suit, since they had a lot of merit to it, you'd think that at the very least they'd demand more than $500. You know, Make it at least $5,000, $10,000, something at least you can walk away with some money and say, okay, this is a, a real sum of money and walk not $500. That's like a slap in the face. In some ways, it's worse than, worse than zero. Because you're actually settling for $500. hundred. they are like at settlement talks and like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, you pay our legal bills, okay? Yeah, okay, we'll pay your legal bills. Well, What about us, though? What do we get out of this? Here, here's $500 for you.
6: <laughs>
0: okay, okay. We'll take $500. Okay, we'll, we'll drop it. $500, yeah. we get something at least, right? Like, how insulting is that to take $500 after this? That probably I don't even know how much they had on, on Full Tilt, but that may not have paid their interest. Probably didn't. $500? That's insane. Like, How was that settlement agreed upon? How do, how did they come to that where they get $500 each? So, the 260000 between Howard and Chris is very little. They both skated away with a lot of money they made from Full Tilt. They paid the government a very small percentage of what their net worth was And a small percentage of what they made from Full Tilt Ray Bittar, he's in the news again Ray Bittar, the CEO of Full Tilt at the time When all the money disappeared He was the one who was most culpable for everything Ray Bittar has been given a 10-year disqualification You may say, good What does that mean? He can't ever uh, play poker In uh, the World Series or in major Venues for 10 years? No Is it disqualification from being involved In any kind of gambling site? No What is this 10 year disqualification he was given? He was given a 10 year disqualification From holding any corporate officer position in any business based in Ireland
6: <laughs>
0: So you won't see Ray Bittar as the CEO Of an Irish company anytime soon He can be CEO or have any other kind of corporate position In any other company that's based outside of Ireland It just can't be an Irish company That's, I'm, that's really going to hurt him why? Because uh, Full Tilt was uh, associated with Ireland during the time it was operating when it was stealing all the money. So Ireland put this ruling against him. And who really cares? You, th- you think Ray Batar is, is going to. You think he had plans to start more Irish businesses? I don't think it's very likely. So another slap on the wrist to Ray Batar He settled with the Department of Justice if you, if you remember For an undisclosed amount But it was quote no higher than $41 million. But he still had plenty of money If you saw the wedding he had uh, Where he married some hot chick Who obviously wouldn't have married him If he wasn't rich And He had a very lavish wedding last year Despite the fact that he supposedly had a terminal heart ailment, and that's the reason they didn't send him to prison, he was, quote, incompatible with jail because of this terrible terminal heart ailment that mysteriously healed once they made the plea agreement with him.
6: <laughs> How stupid
0: was the government here to go for that, to let him out of going to prison because he, quote, had a heart ailment that was terminal? Yet he looked very healthy when he was at this uh, wedding With this hot chick now Seems just fine Seems to have a lot of money still So once again Another Full Tilt co-conspirator Got away with Most of the money that he stole So By the way uh, Bitar was brought into Full Tilt through Chris Ferguson In case you didn't know that he was a close friend of Chris Ferguson's. That's what got him brought into the fold. So it's it's not even like uh, like Chris didn't like him or anything. Like Chris Chris brought this guy in as a close friend. In case you think that Chris was innocent in any of this stuff. But yeah, so so this means that Ray Batar will not be running any Irish companies. I'm sure that's really going to be affecting his life big time. So the only good thing, the only good thing about this whole situation is that we won't be seeing Ray Bittar in a commercial like this.
3: You're a strong man, John. A stronger than I care to be. Then shower off with Irish Spring. Aye, the double deodorant <laughs> soap. Helps to keep a strong man fresh. Irish Spring. It has two deodorants, not just one. Two deodorants for long-lasting protection and a fine, fresh smell. That's why I use it, too. Look for the Irish Spring Scratch and Sniff Sweepstakes and Bunny-Saving Coupon in your Sunday paper.
0: Yeah, but Ray Batar won't be in the Sunday paper with Irish Spring because he can't run an Irish company. Ridiculous. Really annoys me when I see things like this. I mean, who cares? Why even bother handing down this penalty? He can't be a corporate officer in a company in Ireland. Who cares? He wasn't going to do it anyway. He could incorporate in so many other places just because this one was in Ireland. So now he's shut out of Ireland. What a shame. New Jersey Online Poker is going to expand. This is according to an article on Poker News. There's only three states right now That uh, it's legal to play online poker That's in uh, Delaware, Nevada, and New Jersey In rooms that are Operated legally Under uh, The watchful eye Of the state governments Nevada and Delaware actually share their player pools In poker New Jersey does not share its player pool However, New Jersey does not feel like Joining the fail sites In Nevada and Delaware, no They are going to expand outside of the United States. They are looking to uh, join the player pool with sites located in the UK. The New New Jersey Division of Gaming Enforcement has come to an agreement in principle With the UK Gambling Commission To share Liquidity Meaning uh, basically sharing games Where people can play together If the issues can be worked out So As a first step The New Jersey Division of Gaming Enforcement Sent letters to the Gaming operators in New Jersey and the UK Asking them to recommend ways In which they could make this whole thing work So the governor of Nevada actually announced in May that he was re- he was all ready to sign an interstate shared liquidity agreement with New Jersey if they wanted to, but New Jersey doesn't seem to really want that. New Jersey says that they're focusing on the UK because the UK has 65 million people and Nevada has nowhere near that. So they're like, you know what, Nevada. You and Delaware, you can have your fail room together. You have like no population between you two, so screw you guys. We're gonna merge with the UK. They have a lot of people. They've got uh, twice the amount of people of California, so that's what we want to. That's what we want to merge with. Uh, not not two small states in the U.S. So New Jersey seems to be saying thanks, but no thanks. They said, with 9 million people in New Jersey and more than 63 million in the UK, this would mean a massive increase in liquidity for New Jersey operators. This is from David Reebuck, the uh, New Jersey Division of Gaming Enforcement Director. Even when you discount children and non-gamblers, it gives us access to a market that is very familiar with online gambling. That is one-fifth of the total US population. They're trying to say the UK is uh, about 20% of the population of the US, which is true. So that this will really boost their rooms as far as the uh, the poker which is true because it's, it's been uh, pretty much fail for New Jersey as well poker stars is, is doing the best of the bunch but none of them are doing all that hot in fact we're gonna do our look at poker Scout which tracks these things and even though poker stars the general poker stars right now has uh, hundred sixty eight thousand people online and uh Eighty-five hundred people are sitting at cash tables, and about twelve thousand people average are sitting at cash tables at Poker Stars. The New Jersey gaming is the, the fo- as follows, and of course they have uh, casino gaming, so that's where they make most of their money. But the poker is a big fail right now in New Jersey. WSOP and eighty-eight dot com have twenty cash players. Poker Stars New Jersey has twenty-two cash players, and Party Poker. At Borgata has 15 players And yes it's the middle of the night It's 4am there This is probably about as off peak as you can get But even their 7 day average WSOP.com Has about 130 cash players online typically PokerStars New Jersey has about 120 And Borgata has about 70 So PokerStars is not even the leader right now Which is kind of embarrassing So as I predicted PokerStars New Jersey Was going to be a failure So they're all kind of Just spinning their wheels over there and they're hoping that by merging with the UK, that they can really start getting some big numbers. So I understand. I understand why New Jersey's focusing on that. Now, don't expect this to happen tomorrow. This is not going to occur until uh, late 2016, maybe even 2017. Also, it's not completely. Agreed upon yet? It's only agreed upon in principle, so they're only taking the first steps. There's many hurdles ahead. They have to figure out a lot of issues: how how they're going to deal with with taxes, how they're going to deal with uh, geolocation issues and player ID, how they're going to deal with uh, regulations, and a lot of other stuff they haven't even really thought about yet. So they just agreed in principle, but they've they've got to figure it out. So Colonel Fabersham, he can actually now it, once this happens, he will be able to play. Online poker legally against residents of New Jersey, Colonel Fabrisham. Do you have anything to say about that? I had, had a kind of Nigel Fabrisham here. Um, you know, I have to say we we don't really need New Jersey. You know, they they say in New Jersey. Oh, we don't need you in in uh, in Nevada and in Delaware. You're, you're too small for us. You're too small potatoes. You know, we we don't need small potatoes such as you. Uh, we would like to merge with the U.K. Of course you want to merge with the U.K. We are superior at the U.K. to New Jersey. We may not be able to compete with the U.S. in, in, in uh, several areas because there are many areas that we're far better than the United States and far superior in uh, too many ways to name. But uh, in poker, we, I have to admit that we're a bit lagging behind. But uh, it's because of our population, as you said, being only 20% of what you have in the U.S., uh, so we're still catching up But one thing we can do is we can beat New Jersey They've got 9 million people there And, and let's face it, most of the people in New Jersey Outside of Atlantic City, they, they don't bloody care about poker so that's why those rooms is just a failure So I'm even surprised that we are dignifying New Jersey With any kind of response We should have given them the same answer that they gave To Nevada and Delaware And that is, you're nothing You're nebbish We don't care about you you, you can't do much for us. We can do a lot for you. You can't do much for us. It's not a fair trade. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a hot chick, and, and some dorky-looking guy goes up and says, Hey, um, would you like to go out with me? And you go, She says, What can you give me? Well, what can you do for me? I'm not attracted to you. You don't have any money. You're not particularly interesting. Why would I ever go out with you? And, and that's what we're saying to New Jersey. They cannot bring anything to us that we don't already have here in the UK. We have regulated gambling. We have successful sites running here. We don't need these sites with 25 people playing cash joining with us here. It, it, it's more trouble than it's worth. So I'm hoping that uh, here in the UK we, we just... Cut this whole thing off of the pass and say, New Jersey, uh, come back and uh, run along and uh, come back and say hello to us when you've merged with several other states that are large enough to care about. Like, uh, you know, if you merge with California one day, uh, then we'll give you the time of day. Otherwise, uh, tally pip-pip, goodbye. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. I don't know what the UK is getting out of this. I think we lost Matt the Rat. Matt, are you still here? You, you, Yeah, he's gone. Well. Uh I don't have a co host. I'm gonna call this person. They they tried to message me. I'm gonna try to call them. See if we can reach them. Eric Ryland, hello. What's up? So you, you tried to uh Message me during the show here.
7: Oh yeah, damn! It's it's one in the morning, and you're starting. The sh- you're on the agenda still.
0: <laughs> I, I, pretty much. I started pretty late tonight. I started at about ten forty-five. But by the way, turn off the show in the background. Uh. I, I okay. hear myself in the background. Right. Um, amateur. It's not amateur hour. Sorry. Let's close it up there. Okay. So, so, where you want to say something about the Iceman?
7: Oh yeah, I'm playing a lot of live poker now, so if I fucking play with the Iceman. And he knows who I am, and he said, "No, you, you gotta get the fucking fraud show to call." <laughs> uh, he says he has something big in the works.
0: Okay. Well, Brandon <laughs> has his number. I don't even have his number, so I can't call oh, him. Killing me.
7: He's really excited too. He loves you guys. Like, why does he like you guys so much? Oh, I I, I, just, I don't
0: know. It's just one of these things. You just you, you just thank you thank the Lord that the situation exists the way it does. You just say. You just say, hey, I'm happy. I'm happy the Iceman loves us. I shouldn't question it. It's one of these things you just have to be grateful for the blessings in life.
7: Have you ever played with Iceman life? Uh, Once in commerce. He he was pretty tight. He was very tight when I played with him. He's so tight, and the first hand I sat down with him, the third time I ever played with him, he gets uh, pocket nines, and the flop comes nine jack jack, and the other guy has jacks. That's that's literally the only hand (laughs) I've seen him play.
0: I think I think a lot of the the whole act he puts on he he wants to make it look like that he's a player that you're going to believe is just wild and doesn't care about money and then like he's the tightest player at the table. Yeah. Yeah,
7: he's he's an interesting character, but
0: Yeah, here's here's some uh texts I got tonight by the way. So I'm watching The Sting for the first time and the poker scenes have the best-looking chips I've ever seen in the cinema. Then uh, damn it, New Jer- this is a little bit later. Damn it, New Jersey poker is so much more pro- progressive than these old pricks in Nevada. I don't know about that, but they, just because they want to merge with uh, the UK. Uh, and he says on Poker After Dark, PLO, uh, PLO, Blesnick has a funny exchange with Patrick Antonius. Jared in serious face, so Patrick, uh, so Patrick, how does it feel to be the most aggressive player at the table? In which Patrick replies, "Who cares? I'm the biggest loser tonight." Also, he played JRB heads up PLO and only used three cards. That's from the 505 And uh, from the 410 I'm at the beach and using the call to listen line Sounds great What's he doing at the beach at 3 in the morning Maybe he means he's by the beach Uh, From the 412 I used the call to listen Live tonight And it said not live Who's in charge over there anyway That's because we weren't on until after 10 So that's, that's some messages we got Let's see Uh Someone from the 702 didn't like uh, SysOp. I have to read all criticism. Yeah, read criticism of me. I'll read this criticism. The co-host has a terrible voice. Nothing to add any topic. Just a druff nutsack sack licker. Boring-ass show with boring co-hosts. Too many stupid drops and a clueless host on most topics. Keep up the great work.
7: Who, <laughs> oh, Drexel or me?
0: No, 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 no. He's talking about this guy, SysOp, who was on before. I, I think this oh. is actually probably the the text troll we get
7: well here i won't be a bad host guess I'll, I'll give i'll have a little story for you uh so i had a friend of a friend who was who made them in november nine and so i after it i went to the bathroom and, and guess i guess who uh so i uh, guess who sprints up behind me and uh and guess who i meet there uh just just me and him go to the bathroom together <laughs> uh the ice man nope phil hellmuth <laughs> so did he know who you were uh no no I didn't I didn't even tell him who I was but uh, but why he
0: sprint up to you then
7: because uh, he had to go to the bathroom more than more than I oh had so he to sprinted day. to
0: the bathroom not to you
7: yeah sprinted to the bathroom behind
0: okay me. I thought he sprinted but, up to you that's why I was uh, yeah, yeah. so so <laughs> now between Phil Helmuth and you who's taller me I actually
7: thought. I know some other people went to the bathroom too and they're like holy shit like uh, <laughs> you are you are some tall fuckers and they're like. Tell me how tall are you, and he's like six foot six, and Ryan, how tall are you and I'm like six foot seven I got beat we had to stand next to each other, so they're <laughs> all laughing. uh it was like that Ryan Reese guy who won the main event like how? dude, I don't even know who won the the main event the past two years, do you
0: Well, Martin Jacobson won in fourteen and fifteen oh, yeah. I forgetting who won that
7: Is't that crazy how you know back in the the earlier years, like, we'd always, like, know and we keep up with that shit. Now, I don't, now we barely even know. Yeah, it's
0: all these, like, just these kids that just seem, Oh, well, they're not kids to you, I guess, but to me, they're kids. And they just, yeah, it's uh, just they're just like, kind of, like, all the same person to me.
7: It's just, like, who cares really anymore? I'm surprised it's still on ESPN, to be honest.
0: Yeah, like, I kind of am, too.
7: I'm, I'm probably going to be on the, I'm finally going to be on TV for poker, but I'll be in the, on the rail. <laughs> <laughs> We're
0: well, watching the November, no- watching the, the, yeah, going, the leading up to the, the November nine.
7: Chad, is that Helmuth's kid right there, because I was Helmuth was kinda of standing close by
0: Oh, me, Uh you're, you're cutting you're cutting out a bit here. And I think it's on your end. Can you hear me? Yeah, it's just it sounded like a, a bad internet connection. Yeah,
7: maybe Norman Chad will will do some commentary on, on me because I was standing kind of close to Helmuth in the audience and you'll say, Hey, who's that? Is that his kid? Because <laughs> uh I used to. People used to always say I used to look like him, but well,
0: and you're both you're both very tall, so that's that's possible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because I noticed when I stood next to Helmuth, he was uh, a few inches taller than me. I, I knew he was either like six five or six six or something. Because I, I'm six two, and he was uh, still a good deal taller than me. So. Yeah. So, uh, so Ryland, I I have got to ask you this question here because this this is posted on a poker fraud alert and. Uh, I, I think that the people need an answer here. Oh,
7: yeah, that, that – the, the, they're uh, misdemeanor. There's a
0: misdemeanor of conviction against Ryland here of, of a supposed uh, domestic violence thing. I, I asked him about it once, and he gave me a, a quick explanation that the girl was crazy or something. So Well, so
7: I, well I told you about – well, I'm not going to say her name or anything, but we're not going to go into details. But basically, you you know – I get the form knows someone that has borderline personality disorder, Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's basically what that was. So and you're saying the girl weird. has
0: had borderline personality disorder and she uh uh she flipped out whatnot, but how did it end up being called on you? It's what I've seen with people with borderline uh, personality
7: neighbors a third party. Uh but it was uh you know, I, you know, it's just it wasn't it wasn't like uh um totally all her fault because I stayed in the relationship, you know, with, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, why were you in such a toxic relationship for so long, you know? Well, I can see that happening, but, but, uh, the, the night that all this happened here, like what, what was
0: going on? Was she, was, was she attacking you? Was like, what was happening? Like, like, can you tell us about that?
7: Uh, no, but it's, <laughs> okay. it's just one of those things where I, like, I held her down, you know, and, and if you even hold someone down, um, by their neck. That's that's a fucking felony. Two felonies right there, because it's like uh, what is that called? Coercion or something?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's. it's I don't know about the neck. I know if if someone is, is going crazy and trying to attack you and you're just restraining them, you're not committing a crime.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't it doesn't matter. No matter. No matter what, if it's a five foot five girl and her word against, it's just a, it's just a big mess. And you know, I don't. I wish her the best and everything. I just don't want to publicly like really get into it because I don't want to.
0: Okay. I'm just uh, saying it was posted to poker I mean? fraud alerts like, and people it's, were.
7: Uh, it's it, just, it was both of our faults for being in that relationship. And now it's now we don't talk anymore. So yeah, I wish no, her the best though.
0: Now I noticed on, uh, on, WSP.com. Uh, Butters kept just always. Uh,
7: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I met Butters here. I got another story for you. You're gonna love this.
0: You met Butters, uh, but because Butters is like a big rival of of Ry- he hates Ryland. He's always bashing yeah, Ryland.
7: Butters, Butters, like was going on about that. But what he really hates me for is is for some, like basically. Basically, it's it's I, I was you know how much I played on that WSOP.com site right yeah so does Butter, so does Butters but he plays PLO but like once in a while like usually I'd just be sitting all the tables and he'd come and he'd sit all my tables and he he'd get all angry at me I would go you know and we we'd just be like rivals because we both wanted the tables right. And one day, um, we, we, we came to an agreement, right? Where I said, Butters, just you've never once just asked me for the table. Just ask me. I'll give you half the table. Well, why can't, why
0: can't, yeah, why can't he just sit at his own table? Like, why is why he had to sit at yours?
7: Exactly. Well, we came to this pact where we sat, sat the equal amount of tables, 50-50, and I, and I always gave up my seat for him, right? Then, then one day, he just came on and he decided he wanted to troll me. And he's like, no, fuck you. I want... All the tables. I was like, okay, here we, here we go again. So it wasn't even – that was his fault. You know, he ruined our agreement that we had just because he wanted to so, – So what
0: happened next? He was saying you buttoned him like he'd play the button and leave.
7: Well, well I, I, I basically just told you we can't do an agreement. And then he, he fucked over the – fucked me on the agreement. So what am I – like, what – so,
0: so then he would sit with it's you and – so, so you're saying he, he, he violated the agreement and would sit with you anyway and then so you, to get him back you just played the button and quit? What's that? You're, you're saying that he violated the agreement by sitting with you and at that point you just played the button and quit if he did that? No comment. Okay. So, so, <laughs> so uh, no, I actually know somebody who got in a similar situation, not with Butters, but uh, actually with, with, with Crazy Mike this happened. Crazy Mike and, and a, another poker player I know unrelated to all this they had a similar situation where crazy mike was trying to sit with them and they told mike yeah you know, i don't i don't want to play with you leave me alone let me stay here myself crazy mike wasn't listening and so the person just started uh, buttoning him and quitting and then he got pissed and said that's unethical and they got in a big fight about it so very very similar okay, so story I
7: actually actually got to meet butters yeah so what
0: happened when you met butters
7: i'll tell you now now i kind of had a I always have like a troll presence online for poker sites and stuff. Usually people hate me but then they meet me in person I'm like, Oh, whatever, you know, it's like water under the bridge. I've never slow rolled anyone or, or like even said a like a mean word to anyone in person, like that's like that's like serious business to me. Online I never really took like serious, you know. But you know, mutual we have Butters and I have mutual friends, right? Yeah. And that I know in person. Now, by, by the way, like, for, oh. for those of you,
0: hold, let me just interrupt for a second. For those of you who don't know, what we're talking about Butters is Thomas Kearney, and he he finished uh, like twelfth or something in the main event uh, last year. He got he was the chip leader with the final twenty seven. He did not make the final table, but he uh, he made it near the final table last year in the main event.
7: Yeah. So, uh, you know, his like some of his friends were like, "Oh, Butters is like he's a really nice guy. He's going to totally be like you know, it's cool. Water the roof basically. And he'll just like say, he'll make like a soft comment about like, well, yeah, let's just come to another agreement or something. And you know what I mean? Just like he's yeah. gonna, he's gonna be like, whatever, you know. So, so I actually had one of his friends introduce me to him at the table. He's like, uh, go up to him, and I go to. He's like, he doesn't know who I am. I tell him who I am, and and the smile on his face just turns into, <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? And yeah, to uh, like a frown. So he, he, was, goes, yeah, was, he wasn't yeah, happy. Yeah, it, like, the, like, not just any frown, just like, he actually looked like he just got a bad beat for his entire stack. And he goes, I don't want to talk to you. And he looked, like, really, like, uncomfortable with the situation. You know what I mean? Like, I, I say the reason he's he's being like that is because of, like, all the banter we've had online. He'd rather just like. I think he feels like he'd he'd come across as like a little he'd come across as weak or something if he'd just be like okay yeah, let's just forget about it after after all these years of fighting online you know what I mean yeah but then I go back to I'm like are, are you like are you serious right now I'm like, he's like yeah, yeah I don't want to talk to you so I I just go back to my table right and then he t- he. Facebook messages me this. Are you ready for this? Yes. You really don't get it, do you? Read this slow, okay? Fuck off. I want (laughs) nothing to do with you. You're a fucking piece of shit. If you had the balls to post a big blind against me in live poker, I would bust you clean out of poker. Uh, I hope you die because you're a pathetic waste of life. Fucking kill yourself. And then I say alright man, I'll try and take the internet more seriously in the future, just saying it would be a different story if you gave me a chance in person I obviously do respect you tons bro uh, then I said your friend there was even there to at least vouch a little bit uh, for me as a per- uh me in person uh, to give me a little chance at not being a dbag to you in person you know what I mean, and, and then he goes I want nothing to do with you, would be happy if you died, fuck off
0: buddy <laughs> <laughs> right, well, that, that looks like it's never going to be a friendship that uh, blossoms from this,
7: right? Well, yeah, I mean, I I said maybe if uh, ah, yeah, yeah, you're you're right. I, who am I fucking
0: kidding? <laughs> no, but Butters uh, just doesn't like you, so that's uh, yeah. I, I could tell you he was pretty hostile about you every time I was on WCB.com It seemed like he'd bring you up at some point, yeah,
7: even even when I'm not there, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he brings you up all the time.
0: So he's, he's yeah. I, it doesn't surprise me that much. So
7: why would he, why would he Twitch 24 seven whenever we play that? I never got that. Really
0: I, I've talked about, I don't like, I don't like doing the Twitch thing. That doesn't have any appeal to me, but I uh, I guess some people like it. 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 Some people like it,
7: I guess maybe he got, did he get back for the main event because of that? Probably not. Huh? Uh,
0: I don't know if he got backed. I mean, he probably, he's probably entering himself with his own money, but yeah. So, uh, let's see here. The, uh, Poker news has they they've lost another reporter, Donnie Peters. Do you know who that is?
7: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't he a he's a big time reporter though? Yeah, he's been
0: he's been there forever at, at Poker News. He's been there for eight years. He is leaving Poker News, and Chad Holloway left uh, earlier this year, or late last year, sometime recently. So, uh, Poker News is pretty much being uh, gutted here. Not by their own doing, but the longtime employees who've really held the whole thing together have decided they're moving on to other things. They just don't make that much money, there. these guys. So they get older, they get uh, more experience. They say, you know what, I, I don't want to do this all my whole life. So he's leaving. He said, as they say, all good things are coming to an end. Today I'm announcing I'll be closing the Poker News chapter of my life and starting a new one. In a couple of weeks I accepted a position with the World Poker Tour. And this will be my final WSOP with Poker News. It wasn't an easy decision in any regard. And I'm leaving behind family, but I look forward to the challenges that lay ahead. And uh, so he's leaving, going to the WPT. Chad Holloway left to go to the Mid-States Poker Tour. So I guess that's the thing you do. You leave from Poker News to go to a more lucrative job with these Poker Tours. And uh, I think Poker News is going to become kind of a fail with both these guys gone because they were... You know the the main two who really were good at covering the big stories and had the most credibility. So without Donnie Peters and without uh, Chad Holloway, poker news just won't be the same. I f- figured I'd mention it out here. So Ryland, I, I didn't get to meet up with you during the uh, the World Series.
7: Yeah, I don't know. You know, I I he uh, never. Uh, well, I have I have Drexel's direct number. You know. I must have. I must have tried to meet up with him like at least like six times, but never, never came to be. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, you could have mentioned are, me on the radio still number. In Vegas once in a while, though.
0: I won't be back for for some time, but uh, I mean, I can let you know when it is. But I was there for a long time this uh, during the World Series.
7: How many events did you play? Did you have any? I haven't. You know, honestly, I got to catch up with the radio shows too and everything. I don't know.
0: No, uh, I didn't. I didn't have any big scores. I had two uh, four figure caches. That was it.
7: Yeah, it's sad. I am starting to not follow poker like as close. Like, now I am a shitty co-host because I would have been really good back in like two <laughs> so, thousand so, thirteen. I should have always been your co-host because I just fucking read the two plus two all day and shit. You know.
0: So, so Ryland, uh, you also mentioned on your Facebook that you are quitting online poker and you are going to become a live
7: player. Um. I just well, I'm I, I'm quitting. I quit WSOP.com because I mean, li- listen, like we're talking about. I, I was there at the Rio a few times, and I saw all the fucking ads for the the real money. on um, you did too, right? Yes, yes, the, yeah. It's like they even had a big like light thing, like WSLP.com, and like we're there's there's there were like huge. Like mid buy-in events for like a thousand dollars was which one what what do they call it like the Millionaire Maker for instance what eight thousand players in that right eight, yeah I mean eight thousand people are sitting there playing a live tournament you know they're on their mobile devices and shit and not not two new people showed up on wsop.com yeah it's a fail site like not and you can deposit instantly with PayPal not one new fish not one.
0: Yeah, I've noticed when I played, I played uh, some of the limit hold'em games. It was the same old people.
7: So, so are you are you telling me that me sitting at two five playing heads up with butters is 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 isn't two five live better worth my time than playing on that site? Wouldn't you agree?
0: Well, yeah, then that site, uh, right? I, I don't know how no limit games are on there, but I've, I noticed the limit hold'em games are just really not good that it's mostly the same people over and over all of whom are, are at least decent players
7: and yeah and that's the thing with wslp.com too like you know like maybe you do maybe the general public doesn't realize like those people that are on wslp.com like every day those are like really really good players we're playing like i'm playing against you know like live in live two five like just in general, the average pro isn't going to even be near their skill set, you know?
0: Yeah, but, of course, the problem is with live is it's much slower and the rake is higher.
7: Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Maybe uh, I I just want to give it a shot and see what my hour really is probably. You know, like, it's worth a shot. See,
0: I, I can't stand live, like, on a daily basis. I know some people do, but I just I, –
7: I it's the type of thing I do once in a while,
0: but yeah, I, I can't
7: – I mean, God, man, I'm just – I just, I it's. I always remember that interview Viffer did, where he's just like, you know, I just, I just, I just literally got so fucking sick of sitting on my computer, hours on end every day, and I just needed like some, some fucking social interaction. I just felt like I was dying inside, you know.
0: But I, I kind of feel that way when I play live. I kind of feel like I'm trapped, like, I, like I'm, I'm <laughs> i I think I feel like I'm tethered to the table. Like that's yeah, kind of, that's kind of how I, mean, I feel. And I feel like, like I, how, I,
7: how long are your sessions like? Well, they're usually long,
0: but they don't do it that often. But I think like, I feel whenever I'm there, I'm tethered; that I can't do anything else; that I'm, I'm just kind of trapped there. That uh, uh, yeah. like when I'm at home uh, online, there's so many other things I can do while I'm playing. And I mean, I,
7: are you are you you're not talking about the table, are you?
0: Oh no, I, I'll talk at the tables when I'm there, but yeah. it, it depends what the makeup of the table is. But it, even if I do, I still feel like I'm tethered there. Like this is a really interesting group that I'm talking with, I, I just feel like I'm stuck there, and that that's all I can do. And I feel like uh, everything else on life has to be in, on hold. And I, if I play a long session, then I just want to go home
7: and sleep afterwards, which wastes even more time. Yeah, so, it's hard to say. I, 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 it's, it's. Sometimes I get that feeling, but I just think about the, uh, the money. Like it's, it's like a job. Would I rather be sitting on the internet? or, like, some kind of a normal job, or would I rather be playing poker? Well, you can
0: you, you can try and see how it goes. Uh, call you around the air from 262.
7: What's going on, Druffs?
0: So who is this?
6: Muck Fikon.
0: Muck Ficon, hello. So do you, do you have some comments hey. for Ryland? Is that what you're calling in? Exactly. Go ahead.
6: So, Ry-
1: Ryland, how tall are you?
7: Six foot seven.
1: Okay, six foot seven. And you had to hold a woman down by the neck
7: because you felt threatened. Listen, man, I really don't want to get into it, and no, you, know,
1: you can't it's, get it's... into it. You're you're a grown ass man
7: who's huge.
1: If you feel threatened by a woman and you're six foot seven, get the fuck out of here with
6: that. Listen, horse, man, dude. I
7: got I got scars on my arm from like. You know, if a woman tries to dig her nails into you and stuff, like it's just like I just really don't want to get into it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know what you mean.
6: I mean, I, I,
7: I, I and I'm not, I'm not even ever going to throw her under the bus, like in private, to any of my friends, because it's just you're not going
1: to throw her under the bus because you fucked up, didn't you? Huh? Then you're not going to throw her under the bus because you don't have a chance to throw her under the bus.
7: Oh, I do, I do, but there, there are some yeah, places, like. I... No, I really do. Dude, you're I, I could, you're I,
1: six I, foot seven. You're six foot seven and had to hold a woman down by the throat? Walk away. Listen, be a man. man. Dude, I, be a man. Walk away. Uh,
7: well, all right, no taken. <laughs> I guess the debate's yep. over. He said, no taken. I guess
0: there's not much more to say. Okay, anything else? Fucking- anything else? Anything else, Mike ficon. No, that's about it. Okay. Well, I let you get your uh, get your opinion out here. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Okay. A good one. Thank you. That was Mike Ficun. Wanted to express his uh, displeasure with you.
7: Yeah, it's understandable. I mean, it's it's a shitty thing, you know. Well, no, it's it's. A, I mean, it,
0: it can be a tough situation if you're.
7: Uh, yeah, I've been living with a woman now, uh, a, a different woman for. Almost four months now, and it's like no, there's it's just night and day. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can tell you if, if
0: I was in the situation, I if I was if I had some crazy woman just like attacking me there, uh, I I I could see myself restraining her. I, w- I would not have done it on her neck. There's no way I would have done that. I would have, if I, if I I could see myself restraining her like like grabbing her arms and then holding her down where she can't uh, attack me anymore. But uh, that's that's about as far as I would take it. And, that's, and that you actually have a legal right to do. You you, you don't have to just sit there and get uh, attacked. You can hold them down. Right. Well, obviously,
7: you. There's, this, there's, this, there's a lot about this that I just, just can't get – I just don't want to get into. You know? It's just a fucking – like I said, it's both sides. Like we could both throw each other under the bus severely. And I just – I don't want to do that. And she doesn't probably want to do that. We want to move on with our lives, you know. And it's uh, – that's pretty much that. You know what I mean?
0: Okay. So uh, anyway, back to the live poker thing. You, you know, you're you welcome to try it out. I, I, found, I, I just found that in so many more ways I'm compatible with online poker better than live poker. And I, I like live poker occasionally for a change. But uh, as far as something I'd want to do on a regular basis, online poker is just – Matches with me so much better for the, for the convenience. Well, yeah, the, especially the,
7: now that you have a kid for like, the
0: speed, right? For the yeah. for the for the, for the, uh, the the family issues with uh, and even just I, I even noticed the playstyles. I I seem to fit with the online game better, and I seem to. Yeah, seem...
7: I mean, I can't imagine what it's like in limit hold'em too. Like with at the higher limits, like I don't even know if. Are there even there? Are there like at a at a five ten live table? Like I'm hearing, like in general, there's going to be it's just going to be mostly pros, you know. And there's going to be like some spots, but like at high stakes limit, are there? Is it the same the same thing? Like they're mostly just pros?
0: Yeah, yeah, it is, and uh, so, so that's why that's another. Big thing why I like online is that I I hate I hate going down to play live poker and the game sucks and it's all pros they're mostly pros or all pros in one fish that doesn't do you much good either. Yeah, you have
7: way better options for for on Bovada, you know. Yeah, so so what the heads up is completely dead on Bovada. The six max on Bovada, I, I mean, for some reason, I can't seem to to beat that. Um,
0: well, there, I mean, there might be some good players in that. So, like the if the thirty sixty limit hold'em on Bovada, it, it depends which game you are sitting in. There, there are a number of good limit hold'em players that, that play there. Uh, I but the good thing is with online poker, if I sit in the game and it sucks, then I, I just leave. I say, okay, the game sucks, I am done, and then I can come back later and check. But if I go all the way down to a, a live card room, it, it, it's harder to just stand up and leave. You've already put, even if it's not far. Uh, you put the effort coming down there. It's just, it's, it's harder to just say I'm going to stand up and leave. Uh, yeah. So it's it's just uh, with live I find it with online I find it so much better. Not only can you do things in the background while you're playing it, but you, you now yes you're you're stuck at home while you're doing it, but there's other things you can do in the background, both on the computer and off the computer while you're playing, and you can you can also be a lot more comfortable. You can do it in bed. You can do it uh, in so many different settings that you can't really do live and and also if the game sucks you just quit so
7: nice. that's uh, I, I just like it a lot better so it's, it's a lot yeah I'm hearing I'm hearing now that um, some of the people I know actually they'll go to the aria the games don't look good they'll drive to the Venetian then they'll drive to the wind like I'm like some people some some guys are actually doing that where they drive to like three or four different casinos and then they then they'll pick which one every time they play isn't that I, insane I, no, I can
0: understand it because the the makeup of the game is huge it, the, the the opponents that you're up against it really can be a huge factor i know with my own play that there's a huge difference in my results when the game is good versus just okay versus bad
7: yeah and i already have 122 hours, uh, mostly just one, three and some two, five, you know, and I'm making just under $40 an hour. So that's already like, great. Right. I mean, that's, that's mostly one, three and, um, already like, I feel like I enjoy, I'm I'm enjoying just not being on the computer so much so on that fucking WSOP.com site. <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, yeah. Good luck yeah, with I mean, it. Can you understand? Like, I think it's like one of my better options. I mean. Okay. Well, if if
0: you feel it's better for you, then give it a try. Just just know that uh, you may not be happy. Sometimes uh, online players go to play live and go, you know, I can't stand this and and quit. I've seen the reverse too, where people people who play live every day tell me they tried online, they hated it, and they quit. They just, they couldn't stand it. Yeah. So yeah. it's.
7: And, and I think, um, I hear Vegas isn't even the best place to uh, play live. Like, isn't Maryland live, like, just insane right now? I don't
0: know much about the East Coast poker, actually, so I couldn't yeah. answer that.
7: Oh, that's surprised. Well, I guess you're kind of stuck because of the, the family, huh?
0: Yeah, no, I can't. I can't go travel to the East Coast for poker. Have you
7: even tried Maryland live yet? No, I, I mean, never, never been there. Huh.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't go like that you know i've got to honestly the time i was away from
7: your fucking set of california when california launches online poker at least you got that going
0: if it's any good but the time i was away from my family during the world series uh especially the preliminary events that was the the longest time i've ever been away from benjamin
7: oh i think drexel's trying to call have you been in touch with him
0: yeah, he said he has headaches and he wasn't sure if he could make the show tonight. And so far, he hasn't made it. So
7: he just he just tried calling me. Let's see. Oh, he's he he's listening to the show. I guess. Did you know that? Yeah. Uh, here here's. Uh, let's see.
0: I see. I don't know if he wants me to. <laughs> <laughs> he sent me like eight text messages, but I don't know if I don't know it's if like, he wants me to read these on the air. So I, he sent them to my personal text number, So I don't know.
7: i, I, I Drexel, I'm free to meet up in the next few days for sure. Yeah, I guess we're finally gonna meet up. And thank you. He says I'm okay on radio, decent on radio. oh
0: that's good. Okay, well he's around. I guess he's uh, he's alive. I, I will say this though: I, I, there's there's a number of things he texted me. I don't know if he wants me to read them all, but. Uh, he did write. Uh, I have not used a hard drug in over fifteen years. I will read that because I assume he wants people to uh, know that. And and I haven't taken Ambien, which I've had a prescription for in over th- three years. He wants me to read them all. Okay, so number three, I won't even smoke. There's no number four. So he, he said there's eight bullet points, but there's there's no more four. He skipped four. So there's oh here's four. Four for whatever reason f- four fell uh, before the rest of them. Uh, four, Jared Blesnick is not the son of Faye Resnick. Number five, Doyle Brunson hasn't played a WSOP event in four years. Number six, that Wisner is an obnoxious wretch. Number seven, can you talk about that dude from England who was talking shit to everyone and, and getting in their head, especially Stacy Madison? I, I I didn't follow it enough, so I can't talk about it. Number eight, good show. Kalwatt sounds like he's on Valium. <laughs> so I think he's talking about Sisop. The uh yeah, this would be a good time for Calwatt to come back. It, it seems like Calwatt only comes when we have an overabundance of hosts.
7: So he's getting a lot of negative feedback. What the hell did he do? Who has? the the, the other co-host Calwatt what what the No, what no, no,
0: no. He no. he he's making a joke about uh that the, the the one who did it tonight sounds like Calwatt on Valium. But oh, me? No, not you. The the guy before you. Oh the the guy before before you because okay, the guy no. before you was actually Matt he's not talking he's not talking about Matt either he's talking about Sisup but anyway the uh Calwatt who who was a good co-host was here when we had an abundance of co-hosts so uh, Calwatt actually kind of stepped back and said you know I don't I don't want to interfere with uh, what you guys have going here we just have too many hosts now it looks like you don't really need me and i said okay yeah i understand that so you know i'll let you know when we need someone but like we've actually needed Calwatt recently and he's been gone so it's it's one of these things like you you have an overabundance of things when when you don't need it and then when you're you desperately needing something then you can't get it it's kind of like uh, a situation like there's the, the bunch of girls want to go out with you at one time and then you've got to choose one and then but then when that one breaks up with you, then none of the others are interested anymore. And You have like nobody. Kind of feel that way with the co-hosts. Okay, here's a uh, Brandon sent me a he sent me a uh, screenshot of something describing the presumably describing that situation of the English guy. So let me take a look here. Uh, here it is. There's more than six hundred thousand in the pot when the river card arrives on a five three two eight ten board. Looks like all rainbow. William Kasouf, pictured above, is heads up and out of position and he moves all in with his big stack that puts the decision on Stacy Madison who has 499 490,000 chips in front of her. When Madison deliver, de, deliberates, the cameras gather around and Kasouf starts chatting. You don't want to be eliminated in front of the whole camera, do you? The whole world. By this time a watchful floorman has arrived and he gives Kasouf a verbal warning about his conversation. Kasuf, however, doesn't stop. He continues to offer bits of conversation, including things like, lay it down, and don't go broke, this hand. While Madison delivers it, the camera gathers around, and Kasuf starts chatting. Oh no, we already have that. So, now Madison is getting upset, and she pleads with the floorman for some help. How is his hand still alive, she asks. The floorman at- repeats his warning to Kasuf and explains that he and Kasuf will, quote, ha- have a discussion after the hand. Kasuf continues to peck, though, and the floorman has had enough. If you say one more word before the hand is over, I'm going to give you a penalty. I'll handle this one, tournament. Jack Effel says, suddenly stepping into place behind Kasuf. Kasuf is not done trying, though. He complies with the order to remain quiet, but he mimes and gestures and waves his hands at Madison uh, while, she think- while she thinks. He zips his lips with his fingers and then plays charades with You Show, I'll Show, acting it out several times. Eiffel now issues another verbal warning. <laughs> how about a clock someone at the table asks we want to play too that's funny so yeah i i, I don't know this guy I, i'm surprised all this is tolerated like it just seems like too much is tolerated it seems like the world series when it gets to like giving the guy like five warnings over the same thing like that's when you just fold his hand and give him a penalty like, like, why, like, why are they tolerating this? Like, I got a freaking penalty on day six of the main event six years ago because I accidentally exposed my cards in the big blind. So why, why do I get a penalty for that when I'm short stacked? And this guy can just uh, go on and on and on with these, uh, with, with with the taunting and with the, uh, and then when they say he can't speak, he mouths his words and mimes his words. Like, like, how does he get away with that? Yeah. I don't get this. And he's not even like some big name. It just seems like they're being too tolerant this year. They should just, whatever the person is doing, if they deem it against the rules, they tell him to stop. If he continues, then kill his hand and give him a penalty. I have no problem with that. Like that, If they're just going to let people defy the rules and defy the tournament directors and defy everything and just make a mockery of the World Series, uh, that just it ruins it for everybody. Just now if it's not against the rules, fine, but if you if you say, Hey, this is against the rules, stop it, and the person continues, no one's gonna say, Oh, you should have given that guy a chance. No, he 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 chose to keep doing it, so give him the penalty. Have him learn the hard way. It pisses me off to read things like that and know I got a penalty for something accidental that wasn't even harmful. On day six of all things. What a freaking joke. Alright. Well, thank you, Brandon, for sending that to me. All right, let's see, I, I want to talk about uh, some non-poker things uh, The Republican National Convention happened And there were all these, uh, I didn't follow it tonight But there there is Hold on, I'm reading, Before I get to that, I'm reading the uh, the chat now Everyone's giving me a hard time at chat Here says Buckficon says, Druff, one day if I have the time I'll co-host this shit with you I'll read the chat and make the shit interesting again Real Talk says, lol, Druff too busy to read the chat Checking his text messages well, I am too busy, I, I'm doing everything with this show Like this, this is uh, Everything here is my responsibility So it's, it's hard to read the chat During all this, but I'm doing it now Mark Feikon says, yeah, he has a perfect chance To interact with people listening live, he just blows it Part of the reason I rarely listen to this Dref goes on rants forever, ignores the live listeners And just pushes his agenda <laughs> Dref has a great thing going, he just ignores it And talks about what he wants nonstop. Well, here This is why uh, it, It's hard to Interact with a chat room When you're doing a show like this, too much to think about, too much to do, and most of the listenership of this show is not live, especially when we do it at this time. But even when we do it at the normal time, most of the listenership, usually more than 90%, is not live. So I, I don't want to make this too much about interacting with the chat room. In fact, the chat room has something really funny or entertaining to say. Of course, it, it makes good radio, but I don't want to get in discussions with the chat room because uh, that doesn't make good radio. So I appreciate people in the chat, but I always say the chat is more for people who want to interact with each other and, and comment to each other about stuff on the show. But if, if you want to reach me during the show, I've always said it's better to text me or to call in. And Hey, I, I took Mike, Mike Fikon's call and let him say what he wanted to say. Okay, let's. Uh, let's I'm going to talk about some general topics here. the The Republican convention. I didn't really follow it that much today. I, I saw that Trump officially became the nominee, but that was known anyway. But there is all this concern that there's going to be riots and there was going to be a mess and uh, some terrible things were going to happen. Uh, none of that occurred yesterday. the The biggest story yesterday, by far was Donald Trump's wife making a plagiarized speech. (laughs) I admit it was weird. I admit it was weird, and I don't understand how this happened. I know she didn't know what she was doing. She was just giving the speech she was told to give. But uh, this is a little uh, video showing the two speeches of uh, one from eight years ago of uh, Obama's wife. Michelle Obama and this one uh, Melania Trump from yesterday.
6: Wells
3: Fargo wants me to have. Oh, Wells Fargo!
0: That's a good ad.
4: If the one I choose doesn't work,
2: they'll help me find one that does.
4: I don't want to find one that does.
2: Like you work hard for what you want in life. The values that you work hard for what you want in life.
0: So, so these are the. They show Michelle Obama, then they show Melania Trump speaking, and this is eight years apart. ...at the two conventions, but it's showing how similar they are.
2: That your word is your bond, that you do what you say you're going to do. That your word is your bond, and you do what you say and keep your promise.
0: By the way, the word is bond thing, not only was that something we had... ...on Never Poker a long time ago, when uh, F. Mink, the scammer, kept saying that to people. Word is bond. But then word is bond actually ended up uh, in the news... Actually, I think it was actually before F. Mink was there. I think it was before NWP. But when the those DC sniper shootings happened, uh, they were the snipers were sending letters to the police talking about uh, word is bond, and that made hey, the Hey, uh,
7: didn't uh, didn't Never start Ship at Crucial and Ship at Crucial and uh, Barry Greenstein set it on High uh, Stakes Poker? Yes, that did happen. It's fucking epic. <laughs> okay.
2: You treat people with dignity and respect that you treat people with respect because we want our children and all children in this nation to know that the only limit to the height of your achievements is the reach of your dreams and your willingness to work hard for them because we want our children in this nation to know that the only limit to your achievements is the strength of your dreams and your willingness to work for them.
0: I don't, for some reason, I jumped to some other thing of videos of people getting slapped here. I just grabbed this off YouTube. Anyway, you can see that uh, in some cases it's it's almost word for word. So definitely they I – mean, some people are saying, oh, this isn't plagiarism. It's just a uh, similar speech. It's just generic things everyone says. That's not true. It, it's very clear for whatever reason they copied a lot of Michelle Obama's 2008 convention speech for Melania Trump's 2016 convention speech uh, Some staffer on it with Trump Either did this on purpose To kind of troll them Or, or just did something incredibly stupid I, I have no idea Why they would have made a mistake like this Like of all speeches to, co- to copy Why would you ever copy the speech Of Michelle Obama From eight years ago At the convention of all things When this is a convention speech like How would people not notice this How, how would the speech writer himself from eight years ago, not notice his own words. Of course, they're going to notice. So it's a really weird thing to copy. I can't imagine why they thought they could get away with it, and I don't know. If, I don't know what they thought they were gaining from it. Even if they thought it was a good speech, like you can write other good speeches. It's, it's just the first lady's speech. It doesn't have to have a lot of substance. You, you hear this stuff. It's very. It, it is kind of generic types of stuff they're talking about. Oh, everybody can achieve their dreams. You can work hard. Blah 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 you can easily write another version of this without it being plagiarism. So I I don't know what they were doing here. Uh, Apparently Donald Trump is really angry about this. He's embarrassed his wife and it makes his campaign look bad as well. Uh, This is more indicative that those at the Trump campaign don't know what the hell they're doing. And it's surprising. It's surprising to me because... I thought that they would have more competent people behind the scenes here. And this really makes me feel that Donald Trump winning the Republican nomination was really just all him and not really so much of his uh, staffers, which is more that Donald Trump knew the right things to say at the right time and beat a relatively weak field of candidates. But that uh, he has not had geniuses behind the scenes pulling the levers for him. You might remember that Corey Lewandowski, who was the Trump campaign manager before, recently got fired at the urging of his daughter Ivanka. And part of the reason they fired him was because uh, it was thought that he was not leading Trump to change his approach; that he was uh, he was too much on the the stay of the course sort of thing, like just basically let Trump be Trump and everything should work out, and that and and. A lot of others close to Trump were feeling that's not true. That they that Trump needs to change themselves. That Lewandowski is is a, a bad influence on Trump. He's just leading him to basically continue saying all these offensive and outrageous things. And and it, he wasn't going to connect with the uh, the general electorate that way, even if he won the Republican primary that way. So they fired Corey Lewandowski. Who, by the way, when I looked up his credentials, he I was shocked that he was the campaign manager in the first place. He did not have much experience, and the experience he did have was managing one campaign of an incumbent that was expected to win and lost. So the only experience Corey Lewandowski had was managing a campaign unsuccessfully, one that was expected to win, too. So uh, why you'd hire that guy, I don't know. But there was like a big civil war within the Trump campaign. They got rid of uh, Lewandowski. Now Lewandowski works for CNN and, and uh, he is like so excited this happened with Melania Trump because he was actually now he's hoping that the current campaign manager who played a big part in getting him fired uh, gets fired himself. And in fact stated that on CNN, not doing it from the perspective as if he's bitter, but doing it from the perspective as if uh, he just feels it's the right thing for Trump to do. But I think it's insane that they're so incompetent there that they actually would have copied a speech from Michelle Obama from 2008. This isn't like copying a speech from 50 years ago where they're hoping people won't notice. This is from eight years ago. The wife of the current president. Her speech at the the Democratic Convention. I mean, I'm sure Michelle Obama was watching and probably recognized her own words, even though these were words written for her. But how anyone thought they could get away with that is, is insane, and why do it? You're not gaining much from it. You're not gaining anything. Why not write your own version of this type of speech where uh, no one could accuse you of plagiarism even if you're saying similar things? It's just weird. And the fundraising has been very poor with Trump's campaign. The organization's been very poor. Everyone's shocked at how this campaign looks like amateur hour, but yet it's the Republican campaign for president of the United States, and no one understands... How that's happening Except that uh, it just seems like Trump just kind of Off the cuff hires who he wants And doesn't really care He just kind of thinks Things are going to fall into place The way they did in the Republican primary But they're not The funny thing is that I believe Trump could have actually Had a successful campaign And I'm saying this from the point of view That I I think it's pretty much over I, I don't see Trump winning But I think he could have had a successful campaign because he's not up against a tough Democratic opponent. He's up against an opponent in Hillary Clinton who is very, very flawed and very, very unpopular. And there's many ways that he could have taken advantage of that and won and be in a very good spot right now in July... Of the election year So If he were properly managed Several factors could have worked in his favor Hillary's unlikable People perceive Hillary to have gotten special treatment With that whole email scandal And how they didn't file charges against her Even though there was so much evidence of wrongdoing So people are resentful about that. People don't trust her. Terror attacks keep occurring in Western countries, including the U.S. And this is eroding support for the leftist rhetoric of Islam is a religion of peace. Don't blame the tiny percentage of bad ones. That that narrative has been pushed by Obama and a lot on the left. And that's not flying with people anymore. People are watching terror attack after terror attack being committed by uh, Islamic fundamentalists, and, and they're getting tired of it. They're getting tired of uh, this narrative of don't be Islamophobic. Uh, Islam is a religion of peace. Uh, it, it's just a few bad apples. People are getting sick of it. Right or wrong, people are getting sick of it. And they, they want some action. and They want some change. And they, they don't like the left's approach to this. So that, that could have been exploited for votes. People in general are tired this year of politics as usual. They seem to really want a true outsider that they can relate to. They want to feel like a someone who's an outsider to Washington politics is talking to them with speech they can understand, with speech that uh, they can relate to their current lives. And Donald Trump does have the personality to where he can connect with a lot of voters who don't traditionally even vote Republican. He can come off as the straight talker While his opponents come off as politicians And he could have leveraged all this To an improbable run to the White House But the problem is he has no filter He says a lot of things which is really make him look bad Make him look racist, make him look misogynistic Make him look uh, shady uh, his ca- he Make him look immature His campaign has no organization Nobody knows what they're doing The funding's been very poor He kind of reminds me in some ways Between you know how he's trying to Win the general election The same way he won the primary It kind of reminds me in some ways of all things Of Kobe Bryant's beginnings in the NBA And I'll explain Kobe Bryant came straight out of high school And in high school he was The man, he was able to effortlessly beat everyone Because the high school opponents sucked High school opponents are just Regular kids playing basketball in high school, and he's a future NBA superstar with amazing talent. So he destroyed them all. So he didn't need to pass. He didn't need to learn how to play team basketball. He didn't have to learn how to deal with with tough defense because everybody compared to him was terrible. So he could just go out and do what he wants and easily win and easily score at will. So then he got to the NBA at age eighteen, treated at high school, and he was lost suddenly things didn't come easily. Suddenly everything he did before wasn't working. And because things came so easily before, he had a hard time against much tougher opponents than he was ever used to. Now, eventually Kobe worked hard and he became much more of a complete player. And that's why he had a great career. But it was an adjustment. He could not continue the way he had in high school in the NBA because that's the same strategies he used there. The same just do what you want, your talent will will overcome everything. Just be yourself and you'll win, no problem. That's that didn't work for him anymore. He had to learn how to beat some really tough players there. So I compare that to Trump, where Trump just being himself, speaking off the cuff It was easy and effortless for him to win the Republican primary. So this left him and the campaign staff unprepared for the much tougher task of beating Hillary in the general election. Not that she's a tough candidate, but just because you have to appeal to a group of voters that are not as friendly to you, ones that are much more skeptical of you. So he already has plenty of people skeptical in his own party who have not converted and believed in him, myself included. But you cannot just stay the course and what won you the Republican primary and think you can just do the same thing and effortlessly beat Hillary. It's not going to win, it's not going to work that way. They're just not ready. And unlike Kobe Bryant with the NBA, they don't have years to get this right. They have months. And I I don't think they're going to be able to do it unless Hillary beats herself. That's their only chance that Hillary really beats herself. The good news for Trump is that he's close in some swing states he needs. He's close in Florida, he's close in Ohio, he's close in North Carolina. So he's not drawing dead at this point. Recent polls are showing he's within 3.2 points in Pennsylvania, 0.6 in Florida, 1.8 in Ohio, 3 in Iowa, 2 in North Carolina, 2.7 in New Hampshire. Now, he has to win Florida and Ohio. He doesn't need to win all the other ones I mentioned. Oh, he has to have North Carolina also, but... uh, If he gets those and wins Pennsylvania, then he'll actually win the election probably. But that's a huge if, and he probably won't do it. So I I think they blew it. I think if Trump had reined himself in a bit and and had an organized campaign and had a plan for attacking the general election other than just saying crooked Hillary over and over, I think he could have won because he was against a candidate who was very flawed and very disliked. I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think he has much of a chance. Someone's saying in chat, uh, they assume that the Republicans would never be listening to anything Michelle Obama would say. Well, The the, the thing is, a lot of the convention, a lot of people watching the convention are not Republicans. A lot of people watch the opposite party's convention just to mock it. In fact, I watched on Twitter all these people I know are Democrats are just mocking the convention, and they're watching it. They watched a lot more of it than I did. They were very interested in it. So just because it's not your own party doesn't mean you're not watching the convention for the opposite party. In fact, it can be more interesting sometimes to watch the opposite party. Easier to be critical of it. I think I have one other thing on the agenda Then I'll be done And I'll be done for July There won't be another show until August August 3rd will be the next show after this Had okay ratings tonight Given the Very late start time I still don't know where Sisop went. He just kind of unceremoniously disappeared. And this is after we fixed our sound problems. Uh, so, I want to talk about the Nietzsche, France truck attack that killed like over 80 people. A very tragic thing. And we talk about unexpected. You're out there celebrating. They were celebrating Bastille Day over there. And, and then just a, a, a truck comes just barreling through the crowd. Like, you just don't expect that of all forms of a terror attack. You wouldn't expect a truck to just be barreling through the crowd. Uh, Strangely enough, they actually do expect it in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, uh, on New Year's, when they open up the Strip for people to just walk down and uh, they close it off to traffic, they block all routes to the Strip with very large barriers, including other trucks. They'll actually park giant trucks as barriers On the feeder streets to the, stri- to the strip such as Flamingo And that's exactly So something like this can't happen It's exactly why you know, Prevent someone from Driving a truck into the huge crowd there So that's been thought of in Las Vegas But anyway I, When you're out there you don't really think of that Maybe you think of a fear of getting trampled Maybe you think of a fear of so- someone with a weapon Shooting you but you, you don't think of a truck Just mowing everyone down But that's what happened there And it was once again a terror attack, once again by uh, an Islamic terrorist. Uh, It's someone who wasn't known to be radicalized, but this thing's going to happen very quickly. It was definitely uh, a Muslim who did it. And I think something that this does prove and that people need to understand is that terrorism Is not necessarily about Firearm access And that if when there's a terror attack Like what we had in Orlando That When guns are involved Especially Automatic or semi-automatic weapons That kill a lot of people at once And you can rail on and on About guns and how This needs to stop and we need to Change the gun laws in the US Blah 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 But the truth is, if somebody wants to commit a terror attack and kill massive numbers of people, there's many ways to do it without even firing a gun. Look at the guys who bombed the Boston Marathon. They did it with items that, uh, just common items that could be purchased easily, that were not uh, firearms at all. They did plenty of damage, caused plenty of death with what they did. Then we have this. I mean, yeah, there's a report the guy jumped out of the truck and was shooting, but all or almost all of the deaths was just from him running people down with the truck. He obviously can't ban trucks. The point is, there's so many things that could be used as a deadly weapon if you want to. It's impossible to eliminate them all. If somebody wants to do a lot of harm and a lot of damage and kill people in mass numbers... Especially at an event where there's a whole lot of people Concentrated in one spot Unfortunately they can do it You can take precautions But they'll keep finding new ways So I feel that the Proper way to handle this is not to try to Cut off Weapons that they can get access to well, That's a good idea too but that's that's not the Main thing you should be focusing on You need You need to focus on just stopping the ones behind it before they do it. I know it's easier said than done, but that's what you need to do. Otherwise, even if you had complete gun control and took guns out of every single person's hands, that's not going to stop the killing. This guy killed over 80 people with a truck. You say, okay, well, stop uh, trucks from accessing these Streets that are open to, to people walking on put barriers like they do in Vegas, well, okay, we'll find another way. There's always different ways to find to kill mass numbers of people. You're never going to eliminate every way that the, ter- the terrorists can find to do it. So what you need to do is stop the terrorists before they attack. And in the case of foreign terrorists, I know this. I believe this guy was actually a French national, but in the case of foreign terrorists, uh, stop them from getting in the country in the first place. Those should be your areas of focus, not worrying so much about the weapons they're using. So, Rylan, are you still here? I'm here. You're here. You've just been patiently listening. Okay, so so uh, is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we shut down the show?
7: Uh... No man, I just got to catch up on the shows. That's been so many shows. What have I? What have I missed out on?
0: Well, I can't. I can't recall the whole.
7: (laughs) Let's do another five hours. Go.
0: Yeah, no. uh, We've actually had some shows have been uh, skipped in some weeks because of the World Series. Yeah, Uh, we've had a lot of shows that are kind of done spontaneously or at off hours, like this one.
7: And how did you do in the World Series? You don't have to go into detail, but.
0: The World Series, it started out the first event. I was It was looking very promising at one point. I had a lot of up and downs in the first event, but I uh, I had a, I, I was the chip leader in the middle of day two at the $1,500 buy-in limit event.
7: Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: And and then chunked it all off within about an hour.
7: You, you, you usually do get some chip leads early, huh? Uh, I do.
0: I always do in these limit events every year. But yeah, I haven't been able to convert. It's really annoying. So I, I lost it all. within. They moved me tables, and as soon as they moved me, I just started to... Uh, Taking beat after beat, like or or cooler after cooler, like the the very first hand I played at the new table, right when they moved me, I said, "Ah, they're going to move me and lose all my chips." I know it. Like I like I hate getting moved tables when things are going well. So they they moved me. Very first hand, I have small blind pocket aces, or like I think the first hand I played at least may have played one or two before that. But small blind pocket aces, raise, big blind calls, flop is all low. I have the ace of spades. It's all low spades. Or all low dimes, whatever, whatever suit I had, you know? So that's a great flop for aces against the big blind. So we, uh, I bet he he called the, the he called the flop. Safe card on the turn doesn't really change anything. I check. He bets. I check raised him. He three bets me. I go, ah oh, crap. He bet he's flopped the flush. I call. I'm hoping to get the fourth flush card. Don't get it. Check call. Yep, he flopped the flush. So blind versus blind, I've got aces, and I get a a low flop of all all the uh, of all the suit. I have one of the I have one of them of the aces, and I lose it. So brutal.
7: And uh, you're due next year. And then uh, and then was, I just
0: yeah, then after that I just started losing every hand, including ones where I had over pairs or top pair. I just lost, lost every hand. After
7: and that, that was so so great that year. You made uh, the final fifth. I think it was that. I mean, not not that you busted, but you got that far.
0: Again? Oh, three um, years ago, yeah, when I got the fifth place, yeah,
7: yeah. that's that's like right, yeah, it's like right after I moved here. That was cool. So next time,
0: yeah, yeah, I, I uh, that one was disappointing though because I, I came in. We finished day two with twelve people left, and I had the chip lead. It was a slight chip lead. I was a slight chip leader over uh, Ronnie Barda, but I was a chip leader with twelve left and. Uh, then I came back the next day, lost the first three hands, and I thought that's not going to happen and, this time. And I think
7: that was the first third year they started doing the actual live streaming, wasn't it too? On the uh, I'm not yeah. sure, but
0: yeah, they were. And then and then David Baker talked shit about me on the, on the live
7: stream. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, that was it. Was nice to be back at the final table there. It was it was frustrating though to just I just wasn't it wasn't the same anymore. Like day two, I was just owning, and then day three, I came back. It just didn't feel the same. Yeah. So uh, I, I see Mumbles badly wants to call in, but I I am going to end the show. I can't uh, can't take any calls from Mumbles tonight. Lot of controversy with him on the forum. And uh,
7: how's uh, a- uh, what's uh, one one question? I guess uh, is is Judoc currently banned or unbanned? Yeah, he's
0: banned right now. I just got sick of
7: him. Oh snap! Oh,
0: snap. No, I was... you know, I, uh, the reason I banned him it's just because he was following me around to every thread and just trolling me. And like, is he, I...
7: still, in, is he still in Mexico? Do we know or no?
0: He's he's back in the U.S. He got kicked out of oh. Mexico. Oh
7: shit! Where where is he in the U.S. these days? I
0: think yeah, he, I, think he's, I think he's by where his mom lives in Sacramento. I I don't even know where he is right now. But It'd be I crazy think...
7: if he was in Vegas. Me no, he's, no, he's no he's not. You actually met him? Yeah,
0: no, he's not. I've met him never.
7: I don't get it. Like, uh, how, how does how does he do that to you uh, when you like? I mean, I don't, I don't troll anymore since that was when I was a teenager. But like, how how does he like act that way to you when you guys know each other in person? I don't get it. Well, it's not
0: so much know each other. I've seen him some yeah you know, sometimes in person, not like a whole lot of times, and has been some years. But when I see him in person, all he wants to do is sit there and talk to me. Like he doesn't he doesn't ever get confrontational in person. There he just wants to sit and talk about forum stuff. Huh. Like I don't, I don't even want to talk about forum stuff when I meet people from the, from the chat from the from the forum. Like I usually like I I just want to talk about just general things. I like I I don't really like just sitting around talking about the forum. Yeah.
7: Huh. So, yeah, but it's it's really his uh, his life, huh? The forum.
0: Yeah, very much so. So, uh, but no, I abandoned because. I got tired of being followed around into every single thread I posted and trolled. Like I don't run the site for that reason, and I let people criticize me. I let people troll me. I let them do it to some degree, but I I can't just let someone if the, their entire existence on the site is doing that to me. I can't just let that happen on my own site. That makes the site no fun for me. For sure. So that's that's why I like I, I I allow free speech. I let people to you know people can criticize me. They don't have to like me to be here, but they they have to show at least some level of respect. Where it's just not you don't just Troll every post I make, especially just off-topic trolling, just just bashing me, for unrelated to what I'm posting. Like, anyone who does that, I'm not going to have that on my for, on my forum. Like, it, it, people don't realize. Like, if you ran your own forum, when I say you, I mean like everybody, not you, particularly Ryland but like you run your own forum, it, it it gets very hard to just sit there and let people be assholes to you and do nothing about it. But I'm pretty good about that. I I tolerate a lot here. I tolerate a whole lot here. Absolutely. So. Uh, a lot of you haven't tried it, so you don't realize how hard it gets to tolerate all this stuff and to think, why am I putting all this effort into doing this when you have people treating me like this? But I go, OK, look, this is part of the free speech atmosphere. If people want to criticize me or bash me, they can. But if if someone's making it like they're the whole point, they're here. or Most of the point they're here is just a it's just a hassle me constantly. Then at, at some point, I've got to say enough is enough. So well, that's,
7: hopefully we can count on. TFA being there still in in five years from now, yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know what I, I mean. It could, be. It, it could be. it could be. No, I'm not going to take it down right now for sure. I just hand uh, it over
7: to Drexel. Yeah,
0: no, I I've thought before, you know, maybe the forums too much of a pain in the ass. I'll, you know, maybe I should just take it down and run the radio show. But I, I like the forum. I, I don't want to take it down. Like I, I don't want to take anything. Maybe, down. Uh,
7: maybe a collaboration merge with Tide Poker. No, there won't <laughs> be any merging. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> the, but you know, I, the truth is, I. I I'd like everything to stay the way it is. I'd like for the forum to continue. I'd like for the radio show to continue. And I, I don't want to take these things down and I enjoy having their, their presence here. And, uh, I just, if something were to make me unhappy constantly, I'm not going to keep doing it. So that's what I've said, but I I have no plans to take anything down right now. So everything should stay. And, uh, You know, I'll say this about most radio listeners, that most radio listeners, except for a few idiot trolls who like to just uh, text me nasty things for whatever reason. But uh, for the most part, the radio listeners are very gracious uh, between the people who donate to the free rolls and the people who who send me very nice words of encouragement and and ones who... uh, uh, who just come out of nowhere to say they've been listening for years and love the show and thank me for doing it. And like, I, I know there's a lot of appreciation from the listeners towards this show, and that's good because I'm not doing it for money. If I was doing it for money, I wouldn't care who appreciates it. Then it's, it's just a business thing. Yeah. But but this isn't a business thing. This is a hobby. This is a thing I'm doing just uh, just to do it. And yeah. if if the people I'm doing it for don't like it or don't appreciate it or don't give a crap, then... Then I'm wasting my time, but uh, but I feel when I do this, there's a lot of people who really enjoy it. In fact, there's a lot of people who really look forward to every episode I do here. So that that keeps me going and wanting to do this again every week. And, and even the the few idiots who who want to text troll me here, they don't even get me down at all. Uh, the forum is, is we don't have as many uh, people who act that grateful. There are a lot of people who just want to complain, want to want to insult me, want to uh, bitch about things constantly. And it eventually grates on you. Eventually you, you think, why am I doing this? But uh, so I, I do wish that the people on the forum at least could respect and understand that uh, it's a pain in the ass doing all this. It's a pain in the ass yeah, running something I can, like I can
7: it. see, like, uh, maybe even as yourself, like, maybe you'd get sick of – like, I got sick of the forums, obviously. I don't do that anymore, but – it's like you have. Do you ever find out like maybe like one year you're sick of the, the radio but not the forum or vice versa? Yeah,
0: no, not really. I mean, there's times I don't really feel like doing the radio and just kind of feel like I'm obligated to because people are expecting it, right? Uh, other times I really look forward to it, it depends, but but I don't really get sick of the radio in general. The forum, if, if it's being stressful for me, then, then I can get uh, unhappy with it, but what. Uh, what, what I feel with with the forum is that it's just got to be something that overall I enjoy. I don't have to enjoy every moment of it, but uh, it's got to be something that overall I enjoy being there. And if I don't enjoy it being there, and if I think it's just uh, something that's constantly a negative for me, then I won't want to continue running it. But uh, right now I don't feel this way. But, th- but there's times where I, I feel really annoyed. And, and part of that annoyance, honestly, can happen from where I feel that just uh, I'm getting a lack of appreciation, almost like... Uh, there's an entitlement certain people think they have that – almost like I'm just expected to run it and and, and be their slave. And, <laughs> and it, but that's not true. Like I, I've, I'm i keeping this up for everybody to keep that original Neverwin Poker community running 12 years later and also uh, for, for providing a, a place for people to post about scams and scandals uh, in poker and things like that to have a, a place to – Uh, Post about that sort of thing without worried about Being worried about the censorship on 2 plus 2 And But but I, I want people to at least Appreciate that there are Hardships from this not just the time and effort to do it But also You know I have to see people In the poker world and, and when you have a free speech forum and you have a lot of offensive stuff posted there, it can make you look bad. And you know, people can ask ask you, "Why do you have this type of stuff on your forum?" People say, oh, "I read this such and such thing. This offended me. I didn't like seeing this. Why do you allow yeah, it this?" On your-
7: it's just like uh, when when fucking Sean Deeb came on that one night and and just ripped you, like ripped on you. You know, like like I, he has no idea, like probably what you even do on here. Like, yeah. So just, so, just, just, so that's
0: um, yeah. So like that's so I have to deal with that, and then I also have to deal with the occasional just psychotic. User who I end up banning Who who just uh, goes on a, a vendetta against me I had one of them who's still still to this day doing stuff So like, and these are things I don't even bring on myself Like I'm not talking about people I fight back and forth with. I'm, t- I'm talking about people I, like I'm not even Dealing with on a personal level or, or fighting with, but then have to ban them And then they take it out on me And, and go nuts against me like, like, it's a pain in the ass Like a, a lot of you would not want to have to deal with this A lot of you wouldn't deal with this A lot of you would, would take the whole thing down If uh, uh so if, if this was going on so i i just I just hope the people who use the forum a lot can appreciate that a lot of this is uh is hard, and a lot of this is uh is somewhat of a hardship, and that at least they can respect that and respect the few rules I have out there for the forum, which are very few. By the way I see a comment in chat from Real Talk I assume this is about uh, this show The worst part is He won't even get on Twitch and screen share Half the shit he's talking about Or YouTube videos he plays and the audio And commentates lol Well I've told you guys before This is a- an audio show And that's always what it's going to be uh, Even what you're describing There wouldn't be logistically Really very workable because you know what, I, I, to, to do a, a Twitch thing where you'd see what I'm talking about, if I play YouTube videos, I'd have to hold the whole show on Twitch. I Couldn't just have the part where I'm playing a video for a few minutes, and, and there'd Too be no more. point. There'd be no point to do that if I if you there's a video I'm talking about. You can just go watch the video yourself <laughs> later on YouTube if you want to see it. But I, I try to keep this in mind, and I think I do a pretty good job with this when I'm playing audio on here from a YouTube video. Uh, I'm, I'm either playing something that You don't really need to see the video to understand it Where it's mostly an audio experience Or if there is something on the video You can't see I try to explain what's going on Like I, I think these things are pretty clear And when I've gone back and listened To shows sometimes where I'm playing these videos I think oh yeah this, this sounds pretty good Like uh, someone who's not seen the video And never seen the video can still understand it pretty well And th- this is an audio show It always will be an audio show I've always been a fan of radio I much more uh, have the desire to do a a radio format than a video like TV type of format. I I like just being able to talk and not worry about the expression of my face or how I'm looking while I'm saying it. I just like being able to speak, and that's the only thing that matters of what's coming across. So that's why I do it that way. But, but I'm always mindful when I'm playing something that's a video that you guys understand what I'm playing and that uh, you can get something out of it even without seeing the video even if you never see the video. Someone asked uh, T-Buck asked in chat, does Druff or any PFA member have the old everyone Poker or Dockdown radio shows that could be hosted here? Well they can't be hosted here because I agreed when I, I separated from Dockdown that I wasn't going to do that. I agree, Not specifically I won't do that but that These shows are owned by uh, By Brian Mike on when I left So he owns the shows, I agreed to that There's no question about that, I signed a contract saying that And I'll say it right now Now, I I don't Know, they're they're not accessible Right now, and I don't Know if he would care if I made them Accessible, because I wouldn't be making money from them It would just be to provide It for the community, maybe he'd get mad And tell me to take him down, maybe he uh, He wouldn't give a crap I don't know. I know he doesn't want to help me at all, but uh, would he care if I hosted those myself and let people listen to them? I, it's hard to tell. Honestly, it could go either way. If he wants to be a dick about it, he'd be, he, he would give me a hard time. If he just uh, if he knows I'm not making any money from it, he might very well say, you know, who cares? I'm not going to say anything. But I don't even have them all saved. I, I don't have most of them saved. So If someone were to provide a library of them to me or a way for me to download them, maybe I would try, but they aren't, I, I don't own any of them. So that was one of the things I agreed to when I left. So, anyway, I think that's about it for tonight. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Ryland, for coming on near the end. We've had kind of a, yes, sir. a, a gaggle of co hosts now. We had the SysOp uh, at the beginning, we had uh, Matt the Rat in the middle, we had uh, Ryland at the end and this will be the last show for July 2016 the next one will be on August 3rd at 11pm another overnight show and then August 10th we will be back to the regular schedule at 7.30pm this is what Mumbles just texted I want to give a shout out to Larry that's uh, Larry Laffer for keeping out of jail yeah, congrats, Larry Laffer, for staying out of jail. He was actually in danger of going to jail, and uh, he got out of it. That's a good job there. He said one more thing I want to discuss with you in the f- in the future show. Your comment about the form and how current American culture is so different from the culture of the past and from that of other countries that would make it so dangerous to legalize re- and regulate reg- recreational drugs the same way alcohol is. Yeah, that's that's a long discussion topic we're not going to get into right now 702 asking am I near San Manuel Casino I'll be there in a day this person texted me no I'm not close to San Manuel I'm not close to any of these Indian casinos so rule of thumb if it's an Indian casino I'm not close to it in fact I'm not really close to any casino paying the ass for me to play anything live from over here and another reason it's better to play online I'm not even sure who that person is from 702 different person than the twitter from the text troll from earlier anyway thank you for listening whether it was live or in the archive this will be available in the usual locations directly off the server on TuneIn, on stitcher itunes you can also listen to the call to listen line and just hear random reruns playing, which will be starting shortly after the show's over, and that'll be playing constantly until the next show on August third, as we will have no show next week. So that is all. Wish shalom. I could. Wish we're not quite to Shalom yet. I wish I could have uh, cashed in the main event, but it didn't happen. I guess at least I cashed two events. That something kind of. Good night, everybody, and. Shalom. Shalom.